Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast, where we take movies seriously, just not ourselves. I'm Nathan, aka the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, aka the Chimerican. And uh, there's only nine more days until the Chat Film Fest. That is true. Yeah. Well, nine days as of this recording. Yes, which uh, I th- this might be posted today. Maybe. Maybe. Usually isn't, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes things take time. Uh, no, yes, that's, no, like that's, I don't have anything to do with that. Like that's all on you. I appreciate everything that you do, Nathan. I don't mean to demean you in any way because you do <laughs> a lot of work that I don't do. <laughs> so God bless you, sir. That's true. Uh, so yes, at the time <laughs> of this recording, it is only nine more days until the chat film fest. Um, by the time that you listen to this, uh, it'll be anywhere between a week and after the film fest. <laughs> doesn't make any sense why someone would listen to an episode titled whatever I'm going to title this about like things we're excited about about the film fest after the film fest but uh, that might happen it might yeah it won't but it might yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so this episode we've been talking about this for a little bit in terms of like we've uh, gone over very briefly all of the things that are going to be at the film fest Mm -hmm. and this episode now that we've gone through all of our pre-coverage coverage coverage is uh, a little bit more focused on like what specifically we're going to try to go to at the film fest and oh my god this was a difficult decision yeah man uh this festival is uh there's a lot going on and yeah you know when we interviewed chris he talked about how you know there's only going to be two screens and that he tried to counter program stuff but you know the problem that we were talking about is that we love everything so counter programming (laughs) doesn't really work with us yeah it's like you can go to this awesome movie or this awesome movie depending on which kind of awesome you like exactly and like there are definitely some things on here that depending on your taste in cinema i could very easily understand why it would be easy decisions for you like there are some things on here that might not appeal to everyone and like i get that but there are a lot of things about uh, about this year's programming that it's just like oh my god there is nothing that i saw in watching the trailers and reading through the descriptions that i'm just like eh, i don't want it there might be a few where it's like okay this is an easier decision than others mm-hmm. but there's nothing on here that i'm just like eh, why would i want to see that Right. So, yeah, even just in in our uh, kind of complaining a little bit about like, man, this is difficult. Like, that is a good problem to have. It is a good problem that there are too many awesome things that we are having a hard time picking. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I've not fully decided on some. I haven't either. And I think that a lot of it's going to come down to just like how we're feeling at the fest and, you know, how exactly the schedule works out. Because we have the schedule here in front of us, but we all know that. Things don't always run exactly perfectly. Um, not because of the f- film festival or well, anything, I mean, because of the way things. But it's, it's using just, technology. Yeah, and sometimes I mean, technology is the worst. Exactly. Yeah, we work with technology all the time in our day jobs, and so we totally understand how things can totally go off the rails sometimes. So yeah, so like th- there might be just things that happen, um, and like there might also be some last minute decisions in terms of. Like, if we just get out of a super intense movie, like, we might need a breather. And so, mm-hmm. rather than going to another intense movie, it might be like, you know what? I, I'm just going to go watch some cartoons for a minute. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like, it, it definitely is going to depend on, like, how things go. Um, and, like, we're trying to get some interviews set up for the Film Fest. And currently, um, currently it's looking at, like, the, the two main ones that, that we've reached out to uh, are going to happen. I hope, I really hope... But again, sometimes 
stuff happens. Sometimes schedules don't work out, um, which is why I'm not saying specifically like we're going to talk to these people and these people because because it might not happen. Um, but yeah, like trying to podcast with people, obviously that might throw a wrench in things because some of the people that we're going to try to podcast with talking to these people would be a much bigger experience and a much for me, better experience of the film festival than just watching a movie, even though Mm -hmm. we're there to watch movies. You know, like I think about last year when I had a chance to talk to um, Matt Mercer, Graham Skipper and Kevin Sluter, like, that was one of the best parts of the film festival and it wasn't like a scheduled part of the film fest. Right. So obviously there's going to be things like that, uh, that pop up. Um, and really quick before we start like diving into, to all of the, uh, the movies that we plan to go to and why we plan on, uh, attending them. Um, one more new thing that, that we can talk about on occasion. Uh, so a little while ago, Shutter sent out a call for just, you know, like various media outlets, uh, just people who are interested in, in covering, well, just, you know, Shutter. Uh, and so I, I submitted some information and very thankfully they accepted it. So that's cool. Uh, now we're on like a, a distribution list where on occasion there's going to be some announcements, um, from, from Shutter that we announce. And we've talked about this before. Like we talked about it. Um, this was before you were part of the podcast, Eric, but oh, I talked wow, about okay. it. Well, no, like the thing, the example I'm about to use <laughs> talked about it when I was doing the interview with the Graham Skipper with the release of sequence break, because it was a shutter exclusive. And we talked about it on our Christmas spect adequate special with the uh, gift ideas. I would just like buy some, a subscription to shutter. Mm-hmm. Like, we genuinely support Shudder because, like, it's just a great media service for anyone who enjoys horror movies. So, like, the things that we're going to be talking about, it's not like a, oh, we're beholden to Shudder now. I guess we have to say things. Like, no, <laughs> these are things that we are genuinely excited about. Uh, so, yeah, like, as awesome as it would be to have, like, a bunch of corporate sponsors and be able to quit our day job. <laughs> that's not the case here. Like, this is just us genuinely talking about, like, oh, man, these are things that we're really excited about. Yeah, so, Shudder, Shudder's awesome, and it's actually, it's been very much essential to my um, pre-chat film fest, like, trying to catch up on some movies from some of the people who are going to be there, just so that way, you know, I have some baseline knowledge in case I talk to some of these people about, and I mean, also most of the movies are pretty fantastic that I've been watching. Like I've been catching up on some of Jeremy Gardner's movies. So the battery, um, is on shutter right now. Fantastic. If you haven't seen it, you should absolutely go watch it. Um, all the creatures are stirring. All the creatures are stirring. Yeah. That was one of the other ones that I'd been watching. Uh, Joe Bob, he's got the last drive in on shutter. Um, and he's going to be at chat film fest doing his, um, how redneck saved Hollywood speech or presentation. Yeah, it's a, it, it's going to feel like you're back in college, but like in the best way possible. Yes. So in it's, a very uh, entertaining way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last drive-in is Fridays at nine, um, nine Eastern on Shutter. I think Eastern. I should probably double check that. Yeah. Fridays. No. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> I know how to read letters. Uh, I I saw the P as I glanced at my computer screen. I was like, crap, does that say Pacific? No. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Fridays, last drive-in with Joe Bob, which, like, if you grew up anywhere between the, like, mid-'80s to now and are a fan of uh, just genre movies or uh, indie cinema or horror movies or uh, cult cinema, you were probably at least familiar with the name Joe Bob Briggs. Even if you 
didn't grow up watching um, Monster Vision or uh, the, the Last Drive-In or any of the other shows that he's hosted, you've still at least heard his name. And he is just, like, it is insane how much of an encyclopedic knowledge he has about cinema. And so, like, hearing some of the trivia and just other bits of information that he throws in during these pseudo-commercial breaks, because, you know, like, when it was on TV, there were commercial breaks that he would talk about it. Like, you just learn so much more about these movies, and it adds a much deeper appreciation. Um, So, yeah, like, the fact that The Last Drive-In is on Shudder, like, that is amazing. And super excited about that. Um, Something else that's pretty cool they're doing halfway to Halloween, so the first five Halloween movies are on Shutter now. Oh no, I'm so excited about this because this is one of those. Like we were talking about it when we did 60 Days of Halloween, how we were going to try and watch all of the Halloween movies. Yeah, but and at I'm the lacking time, one of them. Yeah, and, and at the time they weren't all available streaming, um, and now at least the first five are on Shutter, including Halloween three, which I know for a lot of people is the bastard child of this series. And for other people, it's the best one and, of this yeah, series. Yeah, and like I've been wanting to see this forever because I've heard such great things about it over the past year or so, and finally it's available somewhere where, you know, I already have a subscription to Shudder, so I don't have to buy it elsewhere because I'm a cheap bastard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two other releases that are going to be on Shudder, one of them which uh, is on there today, April 2nd, The Fly, which we've recently covered in our New Year, New You series. So if you've never seen The Fly, it's on Shudder now. Um, And on April 8th, I think it said, uh, The Car is going to be available on Shudder, which Junk Food Cinema uh, talked about um, briefly when they were talking about... uh, I think when they were talking about... Jaws... Two Deep Blue Sea something during one of the episodes, Junk Food Cinema is talking about uh, Jaws. No, 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 no. It was during their Piranha episode where they were talking about how Piranha was like one of the best oh, yeah, Jaws yeah, yeah. sequels. Yeah, you're right. That's right. I was yeah because the car was kind of like a Jaws ripoff, but yeah. with a car. Yeah, so like <laughs> they were talking about other Jaws ripoffs, and they were talking about the car, and when they were. Uh, when they were talking about it, it's like, oh, man, I, I really want to see this movie. And I'm ashamed to say that I've never seen it before. And starting on April 8th, I will be able to. I know. It's very exciting. They talked about it on uh, Pure Cinema when they were covering John Carpenter, too. They, I think Brian paired it with, uh, with Christine for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, that's that is such <laughs> an obvious pairing. But, you know, sometimes pairings don't have to be subtle. Like, sometimes the obvious pairings, they're obvious for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, on, on occasion, you're going to have bits and pieces like that um, on on the episode where we just kind of talk a little about it a little bit about here are some updates from Shudder that we're genuinely excited about and there's a, there's a lot more obviously um, but those were just some of the ones that uh, that piqued our interest this time so yeah that's that is also a new thing that you might hear on occasion on the Gargoyle podcast us talking about Shudder. Oh, I almost interrupted you. I'm sorry. We're you, we, you totally I'm the worst me. co-host. You are such the worst. Yep. <clears throat> so speaking of new things, yes. new movies coming to Chattanooga Film Fest. Yes. Hey, great segue. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but I appreciate, you know, the enthusiasm. <laughs> Lifting my spirits and whatnot. Well, you know. Uh yeah. So Chat Film Fest is almost here, April eleventh through fourteen. And if you don't have tickets yet, if you don't have your badge yet, like get on that. Like there's not much time. And there are some things that if they've not already sold out, they are definitely selling out quickly. Yep. Chatfilmfest.org. Do it. Yeah. Now. Go there. Spend your money. 
All right. And here's some things you can spend your money on. There's God. a good segue. And, and here is where our anxiety starts. Yes. Like, Eric and I joked about this um, like during each of the, uh, the episodes talking about previous years. Like it was really easy because it was like, all right, watch these movies. And you're like, all right, cool. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's really fun and exciting to watch these movies, but you don't understand how <laughs> anxiety producing it is to try to come up with your schedule for CFF, especially knowing that like as soon as we get there, there's going to be last minute changes, not to the schedule, but to our schedule and just, oh, it's nerve wracking. Um, yeah, so it, it, things might change, but here's where our schedule currently stands. Let me get back to the schedule. All right. So we're going with Thursday night first. Yes. So starting Thursday night, things are going to kick off at 430 um, with just, you know, like a meet and greet mingling, just kind of that. That's kind of when the doors are going to open. You'll be mm-hmm. able to just kind of be there in the foyer, uh, get some drinks, get some food. Not a whole lot of food, but, you know, get some snacks, get some standard movie fare. Right. Some snacks at Snackatomi Plaza, which is just <laughs> just the best. Like, I'm usually not a person who buys snacks because, I mean, like I said, I'm cheap. Um, and I also don't like to pee in the middle of it. Like, have, like, I'm the kind of person who I will hold it until the movie's over, even if I burst. So, sure. like, I usually don't drink or snack during movies too much if I can't pause it. But anyway, Snackatomi Plaza, great. That's such a... <laughs> fantastic pun like i have to buy something <laughs> oh my for god that i alone. love the puns uh yeah so things are going to kick off at 4 30 and then at 5 30 we have the options of hail satan or the cff salute your shorts and uh d- during this block i i'm very heavily leaning towards hail satan mm. hail satan yeah because yes. there's a question mark is there yes yes Okay, <laughs> we're so dumb. Um, we really are. So yeah, Hell Satan documentary about um, the satanic sat. Oh, I messed up the satanic temple, kind of, sure. or just satanists in general, but not really. It's more like about people who are protesting. Um, you know, like how courthouses will have the Ten Commandments and stuff up. So they're like requesting to have statues of like Baphomet up on uh, the courthouse, and basically it's just talking about like a group of I guess you'd call them humanists. Um, who are using this to protest, you know, like separation of, well, in favor of separation of church and state, right. I guess. Um, and it sounds very interesting. And I read this one review. I don't remember if I mentioned this on the podcast or not, but I, I think it, it was during the, like between podcast conversations. Okay. Cause so, we actually do talk outside of the podcast. Uh, we do sometimes, <laughs> but David Ehrlich of IndieWire was reviewing the film and he was like, there's a question that will occur to you while you're watching the film, hell Satan. And it's something that you probably never would have thought you would ask yourself. Um, but at some point you will, you will ask yourself, am I a Satanist? <laughs> and that alone is enough to make me be like, Hmm, because I would never classify myself as a Satanist. But the fact that like anybody who watches this film will most likely ask themselves this question makes me want to watch it. Well, especially because this is, you know, Southeast Tennessee, kind of the buckle of the Bible belt. So, you know, it, it's just. And I am I am definitely very curious about it. And like when we were talking with Chris and he said that the theme for this year is kind of Satan, which <laughs> <laughs> not in like a Satan worshiping. It's not like if you go to CFF, you are going to leave possessed. Um, it, it, it's, like it's almost a humorous theme, you know? Yeah. Like, like what's the theme of CFF this year? Satan. What? Wait, what? What? And yeah, there are definitely a, a lot of movies dealing with that. But 
I don't think that any of them are going to necessarily be praising it, especially since a lot of the movies are horror movies. And as we've talked about a ton, horror movies present these very difficult topics in ways that you can like address them. Mm. Um, and yeah, anyways, uh, Hail Satan looks amazing. And that's going to kick off our our journey through CFF this year. Seems like a perfect way. Just, yeah, just start the start the whole process. Yeah, that's gonna. <laughs> yeah, so that that's a pretty easy decision for uh, for me at least. And as much as I love short films, like I do genuinely love shorts, and I hate to miss the salute your shorts, but I I mean, come on, it's, it's hail Satan, hail Satan, maybe, maybe we'll find out after we watch the film. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be walking out like hail Satan. People uh, are going to think yeah. that we're the worst. Uh, all right. So that was the block starting at 530. Uh, the next block of films Thursday night. The anxiety really, truly begins. Oh, God. This. Yeah. Like, I, I was hoping that I would at least get through, like, Thursday. Like, I was hoping I would at least get to Friday until I had to start making tough decisions. Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Second decision of the night is like, come on, Chris. <sighs> Good decision. Good Good, good, bad thing to have. <laughs> the um, the eight o'clock block is Joe Bob, How Redneck Saved Hollywood, or Woman at War. Yeah, and it's I'm sad that these are put up together because Woman at War is one of those movies that when they announced it, I was like, I've, I mean, it was a movie I'd never heard of, and the more I looked into it, the more like I I really genuinely want to see this movie. Like, it looks awesome. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me, and I'm, I hate to compare movies, but it kind of reminds me of like Three Billboards in a way. Um, where yeah, it's just, I, I can see that. It's just like this woman who's kind of trying to buck the system, basically. Yeah. Um, and it is—it's a foreign film. I can't remember what country it comes Norwegian? from. Norwegian, Swedish. I was gonna—I I almost said Swedish. I think it's Swedish. Um, and it looks fantastic, but—and this is probably an easier decision for me than it is for you because I've never seen Joe Bob live. Yeah. And I mean, I've got to see Joe Bob. So as much as I want to see woman at war, I'm, I really want to go Joe Bob, but you've seen him before. You've seen him at past chat film fest. Yeah. Like I, I a thousand percent recommend you go to Joe Bob Riggs. Like, and, and here's the thing with woman at war. Like it, it looks big budget enough that I am not going to be surprised at all to see it on on Amazon Prime or Netflix or any other streaming service. Like it seems like the kind of film that is definitely going to end up on a streaming service. Mm. But it's also foreign, and foreign films aren't always picked up as easily, uh, especially like when it's a foreign language film. So not just a film that was made somewhere else, but like Americans don't like to read, uh, <laughs> so subtitled movies. Sometimes they're harder to pick up. Um, It's an Icelandic, French, Ukrainian production. So that just means where the money came from. Well, I know. I'm just one. I don't know where exactly it would originate. But anyway, I I would say Iceland, somewhere in that Nordic region. Um, But yeah, like it, it just looks. It looks almost epic in scale, but so personal in nature. And, like, some of the shots uh, during the trailer, especially paired with the music, like, it looks like it's going to have just such a fun and whimsical energy about a very serious topic. And how do you grapple with trying to affect social change while also trying to, you know, raise a family? And mm. it, it just looks so 
fascinating. And it looks, it's gorgeous too. Like it's gorgeously shot. Like there are these huge vistas that they're just breathtaking. It almost looks like an action movie at times, like a yeah. mission impossible kind of movie, which I say that again, referencing David Ehrlich, he compared some of the scenes in this movie cause he'd reviewed it and gave it a good review and uh, said that at times, like it is as thrilling as the last mission impossible movie, which wow, I absolutely love that movie. So it's like, I I really really want to see this movie, but for you you need to go to Joe Bob and like if you've never seen Joe Bob Live, Joe Bob Live, Joe Bob Live. I'm very good at words. <clears throat> if you have never seen Joe Bob Live, then there's not a question. That is where you need to go. He uh, again, like we said this when talking about Last Drive-In, he is just such an encyclopedic fountain of cinematic knowledge that. Even if he's talking about movies that you don't care about, you are just drawn into the subject matter and drawn into just his storytelling. And like you're, you're going to feel like you're in school. He's going to stand behind the podium uh, or sit on a stool behind the podium, and there will be a slideshow. And it will feel like you are in a large enrollment lecture, lecture class that you never want to leave. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like. that's exactly the kind of stuff that I loved about being in college is taking my film classes. So yeah, I'm totally down for that. Yeah. So, so yeah, for you, no question. We may, (sighs) we may diverge, Nathan. This is sad. Like day one, we're going to split up. Yeah. I, that one's really going to depend on like how things are going at the time. Like there might be so much energy surrounding Joe Bob that it's like, ah, I can't miss Joe Bob. You know, I've I've seen him the last three years. I can't miss him this time. Mm -hmm. It's it's that fear of will I ever have a chance to see Woman at War? Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I that's exactly like how I'm I, feeling too. I feel like I will. Fairly certain it's going to end up somewhere. So I'm still torn on that one. I'm I, I honestly don't know which way I'm leaning because yeah. like as soon as I start to say I'm leaning towards, <laughs> I question it. So I don't know where I'll be. Well, at the good thing on Thursday. The good thing is that you know at 10:30 on Thursday. You're going to be torn again. Yeah. At 1030, I still won't know where I'm going to be. (laughs) Because we've got the world premiere of Fingers, um, which is directed by Juan Ortiz and stars um, Jeremy Gardner. And uh, it just... There's not a whole lot about this movie yet, but it's a world premiere. And Juan Ortiz and Jeremy Gardner are going to be in attendance doing a QA. and a So it's like... I have to see this movie. Well, and Fingers tweeted out like a, not oh, really yeah, a the teaser, little... but like a like a teaser of a tr- teaser, like a super quick cut yeah. of just a bunch of scenes. And just from watching that, it's just like, oh, that this this looks amazing, and mm, I so don't want to miss it because I yeah, like so far everything that I've seen with Jeremy Gardner has been an amazing movie. And well, and the description was like David Lynch. And if David Lynch and Louis Benul uh, remade Office Space or something like that, and it's like, how can you not want to it, see that? If movie? Harmony Corinne, oh Harmony Corinne, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. If Harmony Corinne and Louis Benul uh, had taken a crack at co-directing Office Space. Yeah, it still wouldn't be as bizarre as filmmaker uh, Juan Ortiz's crime comedy body horror film debut. And body horror, the words body yeah. horror were mentioned. So I mean, like, and it's called uh, Fingers. So either. Extra fingers are going to be grown or a lot of fingers are going to be lost. That's probably true. But it goes up against the secret screening, which Chris teased in our interview. It goes up against one of the secret screenings. Yes, one of the secret screenings. So Chris had talked about this in our interview and was talking about how like this is truly a movie that nobody has ever seen before. And it was like connected to some beloved rock band and is somehow connected to the um, Benson and Moorhead movies like The Endless. And I... I'm super intrigued by that. Yeah. I mean, like Chris 
Chris can, sold He it. can sell a movie. Like, yeah. let's just say he can sell a movie. And man, I'm really torn. And we were sitting here talking about how, like, maybe we should just each stand in one screen, like in one of the screenings and like try to tell each other like, oh, this is what the secret screening is. Should we move and like have to decide quick? Yeah, this this is going this is going to be the first time that I phone a friend and reach out to Chris and be like, I cannot make up my mind and I, I need to know which one to go to. Right now, I'm leaning toward fingers just because, first of all, I know what it is. And second of all, Jeremy Gardner is going to be in attendance and I'm loving his movies that I'm watching so far. And as we'll see on Friday, I may not make it to Sadistic Intentions, which is the other movie that he's doing a Q&A for. So, like, I really want to be there for a Jeremy Gardner Q&A, and Fingers is might be my only opportunity for that. But what's behind door number two? It is the, it is the classic <sighs> game show dilemma. Do you stick with a car, or do you potentially win a goat? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't... It, it's that mystery surrounding it, and... Yeah, the I'm a very practical person though, so that's where I'm like, well, I know what this is and you know the but, devil you know and all that stuff. But again, like looking at what film am I gonna have a chance to see later? Uh the fact that Tex Montana will survive is um I, I know that it's out on YouTube. I can't remember if it's also streaming on another it's on service. Prime, is it on Prime? Prime? Okay. Uh and the fact that the battery is on shutter and I'm not going to be surprised at all if Sadistic Intentions ends up getting picked up by Shudder. Like, it is an amazing movie, and but, but Shudder, if you're listening, you need to pick up this film. It, it's, it is amazing. It is. Um, so, like, I'm not going to be surprised if Fingers also gets picked up. So, like, I might not have a chance to see it, but I might? question mark oh. yeah, it's going to be one of those split second decisions like all right once we know what it is like let's do this we got to figure it out quick so yeah and uh TBA. during this time there's also going to be the cff presents metal madness so you know like there's going to be another event going on which you know as much as i love metal music that's not drawing me as much as fingers and um, yeah, and the secret I'm screening. here for the movies. So. But yeah, but one of the things that I do love about CFF with those blocks, and if you do have a very specific style, if music is where your passion is, then yeah, like go to Metal Madness, like go be a part of all of the um, music themed events and movies, and you're gonna have a great time. So, so yeah, for uh, for metalheads, that might be. Another difficult one, especially because uh, I, I think that that is, I think that that's where Chris was talking about having oh, the, the drinks. Uh, yeah, the drinks based off of the puns that people come up with. And the only one that uh, that he's posted on Facebook, like, yep, that's a thing, is Sadistic Gententions. Yes. <laughs> Which is just... I contributed rum to the hills, and I'm really hoping hoping that gets picked up. Um, but I guess I probably won't drink it because I don't like rum, but I mean still. The the two that I suggested, and man, I hope that these get named uh, picked up because they're just so dumb that I love them. <laughs> the first one is Millicent Hattrick. That's really good. I like that one a lot. Which is either just three shots of something... Or, um, like, a drink that includes a triple of something. But, yeah, you know, like, with a hat trick, it mm-hmm. has to have three. Yeah. Uh, or, e- even though Millicent Hattrick is, like, the better one, just in terms of might actually happen, this one is so much dumber that I kind of hope that this one <laughs> actually gets chosen. The Sidebar Sidecar, which That's... is for a fan of anyone who has ever listened to Junk Food Cinema, when they go on a sidebar... 
which is one of my favorite things ever. That's so funny. I know. So the sidebar sidecar would be uh, the bartender starts making a sidecar and then in the middle stops and makes a completely unrelated drink. <laughs> I dig it. And then it's like, back it's like what you want if you sidecar. want like a surprise drink or something yes. like surprise me. Give me a sidebar sidecar. Yeah. So like, you know that you're going to have a sidecar, but then also just, man, whatever, just wherever it leads you. <laughs> that I dig it. I, yeah, I, I hope that they choose that one. All right. So that's Thursday. Then we move on to Friday, where things get a little bit hairier. So the first uh, the first complication of Friday is, do I wake up or do I have a functional amount of sleep? Yes, that is true. And that's something <laughs> that I've been trying to keep in mind. And also on Friday morning, I will have to wake up very early to take my kids to school. So I could go back to sleep at some point, but I probably won't. So Friday, I might not be functioning, you know, at full capacity anyway. Right. So that'll be interesting. Well, that's why, you know, coffee. And um, then on Friday, we're going to be out super late because they've got some almost midnight screening. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. So like we probably won't get home till at least one-ish Thursday night, Friday morning, whatever. You're going to run on coffee for the entire weekend it's gonna be like we're gonna i'm gonna ask chris if we can like just sleep in the auditorium uh he might say yes <laughs> he <laughs> he might not be legally allowed to say yes because it's at the chattanooga theater center <laughs> we won't tell you if, <laughs> i'm just gonna like crawl up under some of those chairs in we, the auditorium we and would smell hope so nobody, bad <laughs> hope nobody sees me all right so back to the movies so the first block on friday uh starts at 10 and this is between Bread Factory Part 1 and the Schoolhouse Rock student shorts. Uh, so for me, this one's a pretty easy decision. As much as I love short films, as much as I love student shorts, as much as I support student-made cinema, I got to do Bread Factory Part 1. Yeah, the trailer looks really great and so like just idiosyncratic and fun. And But here's the kicker. I really want to see Bread Factory Part 1. And I'm going to be sad if I can't see Bread Factory Part 1 and Bread Factory Part 2. However, Freaks is also playing at the same time as uh, Bread Factory Part 2. So, yeah, as so it that block right starts now, at 12.30. So between yes. Bread Factory Part 2 and Freaks, that's... Well, and, and Freaks is the one with uh, Emil Hirsch, right? Yes. Um, directed by the guys who did the Kim Possible movie. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, but it's got, yeah, it's got Emil Hirsch and Bruce Dern. And um, yeah, it's directed by Zach Lepofsky and Adam B. Stein. And just from the description, like it totally, it's such a high concept idea that is like exactly the kind of stuff that I love. Like, so it says it's in this genre bending psychological sci-fi thriller, a bold girl discovers a bizarre, threatening and mysterious new world beyond her front door after she escapes her father's protective and paranoid control. So there's kind of this like element of maybe magical realism to it, or maybe it might be even just straight up, like go straight into sci-fi stuff. So I love that kind of stuff. And I mean, I just, I really want to see this movie. I'm not sure. Well, and I can't remember if we watched a trailer for that one or not. I feel like we did or like there was a teaser. There's a teaser, but they don't really, there's not a whole lot of information to go on. Yeah. So like the thing is like Bread Factory might be one of those movies where, you know, you may not really be able to see it. It may not be readily available. But it also has like some really big name people that again, I'm going to be shocked if it's not eventually streaming somewhere. It's just so strange that I can't, I mean like. Chris said, like, somebody, like, a, a production company would have to get smart to pick up this film. 
and it's not the kind of movie that's easily marketable, I don't yeah. think. So I don't know. The marketing for it in the trailer. It, the marketing's great, but it's not the kind of movie that I feel like mainstream audiences are going to be sold on. That's because words. So the <laughs> the trailer for Bread Factory Part 1 and Literally Part 2. Literally what they say in the trailer. Words. Blah, yes. blah, blah. <laughs> Prestigious <laughs> publication. <laughs> the, like, it, it is one trailer showing both films. Um, and like it doesn't clearly delineate between the two until it gets to from the makers of Bread Factory Part One comes yes. Bread Factory Part <laughs> Two, and like it really looks like two completely different movies. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know like it, it it just looks like such an exercise in like, like art unre- house cinema. Yeah, it just seems like, like unrestrained creativity on a low budget. Like just doing every like there's like musical numbers thrown in there and. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It just, it looks very interesting, but it's also four hours long. Yeah. So I wonder, like, I wonder if I could stick it out for four hours for one film. I mean, it's obviously it, too far. If you've ever know. seen Lord of the Rings, yes, you can. The But yeah, like we'll the see. way that they sell it with just, like you said, from prestigious publication, just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Janine Garofalo, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's just so... Absurd and and real life, and it feels like it has. It almost feels like a documentary, like when you watch it because it's shot in sixteen millimeters, so it looks like a documentary kind of. And it's really funny, but then there are also these elements of like these very interesting stylistic flourishes that are thrown in there that obviously differentiate it from a documentary. Yeah, and like I'm I'm trying to think of the pairing. It feels like director who I can't think of uh, grew up watching. Um, Oh my God! Why am I forgetting his name? The dude that did Waiting for Guffman and For Your Consideration. Oh, Guest? And yes, it feels like someone who grew up watching Christopher Guest movies. But like, I, I'm drawing a blank on who I think would have grown up watching them. Like, Christ- I don't. That's a good. I mean, I think even just the Christopher Guest comparison is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, but like, it feels like I, I don't want to see. Um, not it's not quite Spielbergian because it it doesn't have that same sort of whimsy. But like, I. I, I don't know. Like, Peter Jackson, maybe? I don't know. Just because it's four hours long? <laughs> yeah, but young Peter Jackson, the experimental fun Peter Jackson before he got all into The Lord of the Rings, his movies weren't super long. Yeah, they were super weird. They so, were yeah, just like, super weird, yeah. It, it feels <laughs> like some great. other big-name director who grew up watching Christopher Guest movies who wanted to make a Christopher Guest epic is is kind of how it feels. Hmm. And I can see that. Yeah, I... I am definitely going to be in part one. I'm going to see how I feel at part two. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like right now I'm still leaning toward freaks just because as soon as I read the description for it and saw who was in it, like I, I, it was on the, toward the top of the list. Um, so I'm leaning toward freaks and bread factory part one. But if I'm totally swept up in part one, then I may just go straight on to part two. Yeah. We'll see. And with bread factory having that, potential of maybe not getting picked up because it is a bit too weird freaks definitely seems like it would be picked up and like it's so weird talking about the kinds of movies that are going to be showing and like almost dissuading people from going like that's not what we're trying to do at all like we're not trying to say don't go watch this, this. Is basically you can catch our it therapy later. session for you know like how hard it is for us to decide what movies we're watching yeah like th- this is the did we're i make the right out. decision yeah like is it <laughs> Do you think she really likes me? Is this, uh, I mean, there's this other one. I, I, uh. Yeah. Analysis yeah. paralysis. 
Yeah. This is why it takes me 45 minutes of scrolling through Netflix to decide on something because there's just too much great things to choose, too many great things to choose from. Yeah. And, and again, like even at Sundance, like a lot of the movies at Sundance, they're not like you're never going to see them again. It's that's where you start getting the film buzz to know what is going to be, you know, like Mm -hmm. big later. So obviously a lot of movies that are shown at film fest are things that are eventually going to be for mass consumption because I mean, movie people want to make money too. So obviously they want to get the movie sold to be able to make more movies. So like to think, Oh, that you're never going to see it again. And that's probably not the case with most movies, but there are a few on here that oh, you, well, you're going to be hard pressed to see again. That's true. Well, and you'll probably have a hard time seeing them in a theater with a group right. of people. Yeah, and with like a, with a group of people who are film lover. I mean, like not even just like if you go to the movies and see a movie, it's it's different because it's like it's mainstream audiences. But this is like a group of people who are into genre film who love movies enough to spend you know however two hundred dollars on a on a two hundred bucks on a trip ticket, which was the like early weekends. Uh, yeah, so yeah. And then, of course, other people who are just interested in, like, if you just buy a single ticket for that movie, it's just other people who are interested in it who are probably more into, like, art film or genre film and stuff. So I think that the type of people you're surrounded by really makes a difference. Yeah. And that cinematic experience is definitely a huge piece of it. And, like, that's even going to be an episode um, that, that we talk about. Not sure when. It might be the next one that we do right before CFF, or it might just be sometime later but at some point like we're gonna do an episode talking about just like that cinematic experience and it's gonna be a little bit more discussion based and maybe not necessarily talking about a specific movie but yeah just like talking about exactly that about seeing a a movie in a theater is such a different experience than watching it at home so even though maybe most of these movies you might be able to catch you know on your tv in a few months or in a few years it's not the same and like that, that is where the decision is so difficult is mm-hmm. like, which experience do I want most? Exactly. All right. So speaking of experiences, the next block, not an easy decision, but a clear decision for me. Yeah, um, I think so. The, during the three o'clock block, you have Suburbia introed by Zach Carlson and Mallory O'Meara presenting um, her book, Lady from the Black Lagoon. And then during that block uh, at 3.30, you also have Memphis 69, which is a documentary about a, uh, a blues festival in Memphis during 1969. As much as I love blues music, as much as I love documentaries, as much as I would love to see Memphis 69, and as much as I love Zach Carlson, and Suburbia just seems like such a fascinating film, there's no question that I'm going to be at the Mallory O'Meara talk. Yeah, no, I mean... I read the book. I loved it. I need to see Mallory O'Meara. And Chris said that there are some things that like she's discovered even since the book has been published that she's going to be talking about in this lecture. So, I mean, like for me, there's no question I'm going to go see Mallory O'Meara. The thing about it that's unfortunate for me is she's going to be speaking for about 30 minutes and then she's going to be doing like a book signing. I listened to it on Audible, so I don't have a book for her to sign. I mean, I guess I could get <laughs> something for her to sign, but like that's not something... Just- just have her sign your iPhone case. I don't want to do that. Then I'll, I'm not going to keep that forever. You will if she signs it. No. Did, Wait, I mean... Print print out, print out the cover of her book. I'm going to buy like a Creature from the Black Lagoon poster and just have her sign it. Yes, that um, will also work. 
So, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's, and I really, really want to see Suburbia on the big screen because this is definitely one of those cases where it's like you're probably not going to get a chance to see uh, this movie on a big screen anymore. I mean, it's from 1983, and there's just really not, especially in our area, there's really not any kind of second run other than like Fathom events. There's not any kind of second run theater that plays classic films other than, you know, Central Cinema and Yeah, you might catch it, Central Cinema. I almost never have a chance to go out there because it's so far out of the way and I have like, you know, things I have to do and kids and work and all that stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, and I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to call my kids stupid. I love my children and my wife so much. <laughs> don't Nathan, worry. Cut they, this out. They, they don't listen. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, especially with Suburbia being introed by Zach Carlson. Like when we were talking about the, the past few years worth of film fests, Anytime that I would talk about Bleeding Skull or uh, American Genre Film Archive, like Zach Carson is part of both of those entities. And so, like, he is what made the experience of some of those movies. So, like, when he introed uh, The Dragon Lives Again, talking about Bruce Boitation films, like, that just set the mood for how awesome that movie is going to be. When he told the story about the director of uh, The Zodiac Killer, thinking that he was genuinely going to catch The Zodiac Killer. When he introed Jungle Trap, which... God... So at one scene in Jungle Trap, we're not talking about this, but we're talking about this. At one scene in Jungle Trap, they're flying a plane, but the like flight controls is so obviously just the handle of a lawnmower. <laughs> like just straight up, just some dude holding it, not like a lawnmower wheel, but just like the handle of a push lawnmower. Okay, yeah, like that the, is the bar. obviously what is supposed <laughs> to be the flight controls. I love. I love shot on home video movies. They're so terrible and I love them so much. And so like hearing Zach give some of those backstory and hearing him intro things like that makes a movie. And yeah, like I almost want to go just listen to him intro it Mm -hmm. and then leave. But I also, I want to be there for the entirety of Mallory O'Mara. I know. Like I, I hope that she's running late that day. So I know that's just thinking (laughs) that. Well, my plan right now, my convoluted plan is to, I'm going to go ahead and start watching like the first 30 to 45 minutes of suburbia at home and then go see Mallory O'Mara. And then when she finishes talking, just like duck into suburbia and pick up wherever it's at. Yeah. That's kind of, what I want to do at this point, just because I want to do both and I can't. So I'm going to make it happen in some unnecessarily convoluted way. Sure. Cause that's what we do. And, uh, one last thing about the, uh, the Mallory O'Mara talk, that's one of the free events of the weekend. So like there are some events during the weekend that are going to be free and open to the public. And her talk is one of them. So if you're like, Oh man, I completely missed out on being able to get any tickets or I just can't afford to go. You can afford to go to a free event, and I very, very highly recommend going because, yeah, like, we've been reading slash listening to the book, and it's great. And, like, I, again, as much as I want to see Suburbia, it's not a question for me. I'm going to be at the Mallory Mara talk, yeah. and I, I recommend that everyone else is there, too. Yep, for sure. So All then, right. at that, five. Yeah, that takes us to the next block, block yes. of another very very difficult decision for me this is it's not exactly a difficult decision but it's a regretful decision i think because we've got in fabric um playing at the same time as sadistic intentions and um cargill's live D. sea robert cargill's live D uh 
Um, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy, so like as much as I'd love to see Cargill but you're being a the C. Dungeon Robert Master, Cargill guy. I am so, a C. Robert Cargill guy. Like, very much so. Don't think of it as being a D and D guy. Think of it as listen to Cargill tell a fantasy story. Yeah. Damn it, Nathan. You're making this more <laughs> difficult. Like, why? I was already set. Damn it. Okay. All right. But here's the thing. In Fabric is a movie that, when, as soon as they announced it, I was like, I have to see this movie. Like, right. I really want to see it. Um, from Peter Strickland, who did, like, Barbarian Sound Studio and The Duke of Burgundy. Like, it's it premiered... I uh, can't remember what film festival it premiered at. Maybe Toronto? Toronto, I think. Yeah, Toronto. Um, and it's gotten, like, phenomenal reviews. And it just totally... It's, like, about a haunted... It's a ghost story um, about a haunted dress. Yeah. And that sounds so weird and so awesome. I have to see this movie. But it's playing at the same time as Sadistic Intentions, which I've already seen. And if I hadn't already seen it, this would be going a lot different. Like, I feel like I'd be going to see Sadistic Intentions. But if you hadn't already seen it, you wouldn't know how much you love it to know how much you want to see it again. That's true. However, Sadistic Intentions has a Q&A with Eric Pennykoff and Jeremy Gardner. So I feel like even if I didn't know beforehand that I'd probably still go with it. Yeah, and like that's one of the things that does typically make my decision. Uh, in, in years past, whenever I'm torn between two films that I really want to see, as much as I hate missing a movie, I tend to go with, like, is someone going to be there to talk about it? Because, again, I love that additional information and backstories and just the the experience that you're not going to get watching it at home. So you'll get the same experience watching it in fabric anytime. Yeah, and I'm still a little conflicted, too, because, like, I love Sadistic Intentions. I'd love to watch it again. Eric Pennykoff is a great guy, and I want to support his movie as much as I can. I want to be there for him. And, of course, again, like I said, I'm kind of falling in love with Jeremy Gardner from watching his movies this past week. So, right. like, I want to be there for, just because they're going to be there talking about the movie and answering questions. And yeah. that is so much fun. So this is one of those things where much like with Joe Bob, I was like, oh, if you've not seen Joe Bob, you have to go to Joe Bob. Like as as awesome as um, whatever movie it was paired up against, Woman at War, uh, like you have to go to Joe Bob. I'm kind of leaning that way with Sadistic Intentions. Oh no, for like, sure. If you have not seen it, like go to Sadistic Intentions. No. To me, it's like almost not a question of which one I recommend for other people. So if you're trying to decide, I I say go Sadistic Intentions. I completely agree. I mean, that's the thing. I've seen Sadistic Intentions, and that's kind of the deciding factor for me right now. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen it, which you probably haven't because it's not played a whole lot, um, but if you haven't seen it, like please go see Sadistic Intentions because I cannot recommend it enough. It's yeah. a great movie. And I honestly don't know which one I'm leaning towards because In Fabric sounds amazing and there's not a whole lot of information out there, but like some of the descriptors out there about it do make it seem just so eerie and atmospheric and and beautiful and disturbing. And with Sadistic Intentions, that movie is just freaking awesome. Eric, you did a hell of a job. And again, like recommending to other people, I absolutely recommend Sadistic Intentions. But then also hearing Cargill just nerd out for an hour and a half telling a D&D story like yeah that sounds pretty freaking delightful I mean like yeah. that just sounds uh, yeah I'm, I'm mad at you right now because you made this decision more difficult you're welcome so th- I, yeah this one's not really a phone to friend for uh, for Chris because I have seen sadistic intentions but that one's gonna be a last minute call like it is gonna be right before the movies start trying to decide which one I go to yeah. I feel like we're we're 
there are so many of these that we've decided are just yeah we're going to decide at the last minute it, pretty much right now i'm leaning toward in fabric but i mean you know if nathan's going to keep convincing me one way or the other it might change but yeah in fabric for now all right so this next block I, it might be a little bit easier for me to decide than it is for you but i i don't know you might be uh you might be might be even more torn, or maybe it's easier for you to decide. I don't know. This I'm, next block is, I don't want to say that it's the most difficult block, but it might be the most confusing block of what the correct choice is. I'm just, I'm still torn because, okay, so it's Crispin Glover. Yes, he's Crispin gonna, Hellion Glover. He's going to be there for three and a half hours. Yes. But so, he's got three different components to his to his slot. That yeah. he's doing. So this is the block starting at 7.30, and you've got Crispin Glover giving a dramatic presentation, uh, the screening of his film. It's fine. Everything's fine, which that's the, that's the only way that I can read it. It's I was going like to say, I love the way that flustered. you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Because there, there are exclamation points. Yeah. So. And when have you ever heard someone say, it's fine? I, actually, technically, it's, it's it fine. is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. No, it's always like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, yeah, so Crispin Glover is going to have a dramatic presentation, which lasts an hour. Uh, it is fine. Everything is fine. It's an hour and 14 minutes, and then there's going to be a book signing and meet and greet, um, which is scheduled for about an hour and 15. Uh, that's up against Mango Shake. And then starting at 8, Shockwaves is going to be doing their Dead Right trivia. Yes. So I want to do all of these things, which, I mean, God, that's been the case with all of these blocks, is I want to do all of the things. Yeah, and I mean, the difficult... Well, with Shockwaves, I'm kind of taking that one out of the equation because um, I don't... It's like at the Chattanooga Brewing Company. Yeah, and So there it's is kind gonna, of out of the way. Yeah, and there is going to be... Like, that's not the live podcast. Like, that's yeah. going to be something different. And as much as I love movies, as much as I love cinema, as much as I love horror movies, I don't know, like, how detailly they're going to get with their trivia. Like, how trivial it's going to be. And... <laughs> um, they might be like, oh, I know nothing about horror movies. I'm just going to shut up. Well, I know that so... I kind of think about this too because like in most company, I feel like I know so much about movies, but anytime I listen to Shockwaves or Pure Cinema or, or any of those podcasts, I listen to them talk about all these movies I've never even heard of. And I'm like, oh yeah, I actually don't really know nearly as much about movies as I thought I did. Right. Um. So like, and I love movie trivia. And again, I'm usually really good at it, but... I've never done movie trivia in a room full of movie nerds. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I might not be as good as I think I would be. Yeah. So like, sense. no, like that totally makes sense. Um, and I'm I, like, I am sure that it would be an absolute blast. And like, if you're going to the film fest looking for like more of the, I, I don't want to say it this way, but it's the only way that I can think to say it. Like, if you want more of, like, that party atmosphere, mm-hmm. like, yeah, going to a bar and doing trivia with the gang from Shockwaves, like, that sounds like an absolute blast. Oh, it sounds like so much fun. So, yeah, like, there's no, there's nothing about that that doesn't sound fun. And then they're doing a karaoke party at 10 o'clock afterward at the brewing company. So, I mean, yeah. like, everything about that sounds like a lot of fun. Not just a karaoke party. It's, I'm okay, you're karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love puns and just wordplay. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, so, but we'll get to that block and the other things that we probably True. won't I, attend. I'm, I'm getting ahead. Yeah. Um, so the kicker for me here is I really want to see Mango Shake because I love coming of age movies 
And it just sounds like so much fun and so like cheeky and goofy and like a bunch of kids just got together and made a movie over the weekend. And like, I don't know, there's something about it that just seems like an absolute blast, especially compared to the movie that Crispin Glover directed, the It Is Fine, Everything Is Fine. Yeah. Because um, that that doesn't really... I'm trying to think of how to put this because it's really just not a movie for me. That, I think the, is the best way to it put it. It is fine. Everything is fine. Looks very dark and like very confrontational and just yeah. like it's basically like the thesis of the film is we wanted to show people that um cr- that people who are disabled can be bad people too. I feel like is how they put it. Yeah, but like here's the thing. People um, in a wheelchair can be bad people. And it's like here's, uh, here's the here's the thing about that because it is a little bit more complicated than just I want to show someone in a wheelchair being a bad person. Right. Um this is the description on the CFF website. It is fine. Everything is fine. It goes into uncharted cinematic territory with screenwriter C- Stephen C. Stewart starring in the semi-autobiographical psychosexual tale about a man with severe cerebral palsy and a fetish for girls with long hair. Part horror film, part exploitation picture, and part documentary of a man who cannot express his sexuality in the way he desires due to his physical condition. This fantast- fantastical and often humorous tale is told completely from Stewart's actual point of view. That of someone who has lived for years watching people do things he will never be able to do. Here, Stephen's char- or Stewart's character is something of a lady killer, seducing a troubled, recently divorced mother, her teenage daughter, and any number of other ladies he encounters along the way. According to Crispin Glover, Stewart, quote, wanted to show that handicapped people are human, sexual, and can be horrible. Crispin Glover and his co-director, uh, David Brothers, wanted to bring Stewart's story to the screen. So it... it even though like part exploitation was in that description, mm-hmm. the fact that it's like semi autobiographical, I don't think that it's trying to show like that line about, we wanted to show that uh handicapped people like can be bad too. I don't think that it's trying to say that in a word. We want to show why people who are handicapped, like don't deserve special treatment or why you should be jerks. Right. Because they're jerks too. Like that's not to me how it reads. Right. And I, and I, I didn't mean to characterize it that way. No, no, no. I I don't don't think that you did. I think that just the way that it's written of like, yeah, we want to show that people in wheelchairs can be bad too. Like to me, it comes across a little bit more of like getting into the psyche of someone who does live with cerebral palsy because you don't think about that. Like you don't think about someone who is like permanently handicapped having like fetishes and desires and like being a sexual being and if anything, and and maybe it's just because you know, like I, I love psychology; it's my background. Like, if anything, it makes it a more humanistic picture because of the fact that so many people do tend to dehumanize people who are handicapped. Because, like, oh, psh, you don't think about that. It's like, but you don't, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that is part of the human nature, and you do still think about it. And can you imagine how, like, just, just heartbreakingly, um just i i can't even think of the right word just how um what's what's the word i'm looking for how constricting i guess it must be to like have desires that can never be acted on and i don't know there's something about it that just seems so immensely captivating no and i i don't necessarily disagree with you i just 
don't know if that's what I want out of this film. Like the, the trailer the- did show a whole lot of naked people and a whole lot of a dude in a wheelchair having sex. Yeah, and but it's and not like and it's not. I don't know. Like it feels like it leans a way more into the exploitation than it does into into and I could be wrong. I mean again that's just based on the brief synopsis that I've read and some of the stuff that I've seen about it. I just I don't know. It I don't it doesn't seem like a fun time and Mango Shake seems like a really fun time. <laughs> and I was really looking forward to Mango Shake and so I'm sitting here like I'm trying to decide how I want to do it because again it's Crispin Glover and he, I mean, first of all, Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. So, of course, I have to go see Crispin Glover. Sure. I I hope that, like, it would line up well to where, like, I could watch Mango Shake and still, I mean, again, he's going to be there for three and a half hours. So, I could still go see Crispin Glover. I just feel like between these two movies, Mango Shake is definitely more in my wheelhouse. Sure. But then again, this may be the only time I ever get a chance to watch something. Like, it's fine. Everything is fine. I don't know. I'm just well, I'm I'm a little torn mostly because the movie does not seem like it's for me and I don't know if I'm ready for it or if right. I if it's something I want to see just well, based on the subject I, matter. I also have a question of where the exploitation comes in. Like Yeah. Based on the description, it does seem a little bit more like exploitation of someone who is handicapped. Watching the trailer, it feels a lot more like a sexploitation film. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. like, get rid of like get rid of the cerebral palsy aspect, and it feels just like a straight up sexploitation horror film. And so, I think I think that that's where the exploitation comes in. I think that it's leaning more heavily into the exploit like sexploitation, which doesn't make it good. Like we talked yeah. about this when we were talking <laughs> about black exploitation and the. Any genre that has exploitation at the end, like obviously part of it is exploitation of whatever the the subject matter is. So, like I'm not trying to rationalize that exploitation is inherently better. <coughs> mm-hmm. I'm not trying to rationalize that. I I don't know. I honestly don't know what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. I it I don't know if I'm ever gonna see either of these films again. Like man. Again, this is a good problem to have that everything just seems too fascinating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that I've read about it too says that the film is just extremely misogynistic. And I mean... I, well, and that does lean into that uh, sexploitation. Yeah. Which again, doesn't make it good. That doesn't make it okay. <sighs> yeah, like yeah. It, it feels like it's a film that is clearly designed as a provocation and that isn't necessary like you said not necessarily a bad thing but i'm just not sure if i want to find out if it's a good or a bad thing <laughs> right well and i mean we also talked about this a little bit when we were doing um doing those um the pieces on black exploitation or when we highlighted black exploitation as the focus during um african-american history month um sometimes exploitation movies are used to highlight this is why the way that people in this subject matter are treated is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of black exploitation was used to highlight this is why like racial stereotypes and tensions and, um, you know, like looking on minorities as lesser people is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Some black exploitation movies were used purely as just exploitation of black cinema. 
And like kind of the same thing with sexploitation. Some sexploitation is basically just softcore or like TNA mm-hmm. flicks. But other sexploitation films are a lot more empowering and a lot more feminist in nature and a lot more like here's why misogyny is a bad thing. So even within that sexploitation genre, there's not a clear delineation of good or bad. Like yeah. it, it, a lot of it does come down to the film and the intentions of the director. And again, some sexploitation is used as dudes are assholes and here's proof as to why yeah. and the horror that women go through in dealing with misogyny on a daily basis. And it's meant as a way to provoke you into feeling uncomfortable. Like during movies where there is that male gaze and, you know, as you're looking upon women in cinema and you're like, I feel dirty. Like I, Mm -hmm. mm, like it's supposed to be titillating, but I just feel, I don't want to be like the guy in this movie. Like I I don't want to, Oh, am I part of the problem? Yeah. So, yeah. Obviously, I don't know without having seen the movie, but my views on exploitation films is always very cautious of it could be trying to highlight the the discrepancies between how people are treated and how people should be treated, or it could just be straight-up exploitation. Yeah, it could just be dude mm. trying to live out his like awful sexual fantasies because yeah. that's the only way he can, which I mean, I, I will not begrudge him the right to do that. Like, I mean, if this is the movie they want to make and if Crispin Glover is going to help him do that, then that's fantastic. Do what you got to do, especially if that helps you deal with these issues. I just, I don't know if I need to see it. <laughs> I will, we'll see. So I'm leaning more towards Crispin Glover. I'm In leaning part, towards Mango Shake at least, but I'm still like I'm not going to avoid Crispin Glover completely. Maybe just the movie part. <laughs> I want to go see Crispin Glover, of course. Well, we'll see. I I'm leaning more towards uh, that entire Crispin Glover block because, like, so I didn't know how to feel about the movie until I watched a trailer, and it does seem fascinating. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit unsettling, and again, like I'm curious as to what buttons are going to be intentionally pushed, but. I, I am so curious about it's fine, everything is fine. And also, um, as I mentioned during one of the previous episodes when it was announced that Crispin Glover was going to be there, I want a picture of him holding my face like the cover of Willard. Yeah, I mean, that's that's got to happen. Like, we've, we've got to find a way to I, make that happen. Yeah, I forgot to ask Chris about that when we had him on. So, uh, Chris, if you're <laughs> listening, Bex, if you're listening, if you can help make that happen, um, like, I, I need... I need this picture to happen so that I can have a poster-sized version of Crispin Glover holding my face a la the cover of Willard. Well, and here's the thing. Um, when we talked about this originally, we were like, you know, maybe he's just going to be like, no, that dude is weird. Like, why would why would I want to do that? But now after learning about, like, the types of <laughs> movies that he's made. Now that you know what made, movie is screening. Yeah, I'm like, um, I'm pretty sure that's going to be like, he's going to be totally on board for that. Like, yes. I, I If that is your so. fantasy, that is... That's okay. I mean, come on. Like, in in my room of various Film Fest posters, how can I not have a poster-sized version? <laughs> poster-sized version of... Of, Will, of, <laughs> of Crispin Glover holding my face. I really hope it happens. God, I hope it happens. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I want to make magnets of it. I want to make buttons. Yep. It, it would... It that will be, be the like image the new, on the Gargoyle fanny pack. It would be like an, an alternate logo for the Gargoyle podcast. 
so stay tuned and you'll see if we if we make this dream a reality god i like it's so <laughs> it is so dumb that when i said it jokingly the first time the more that i say it the more i'm like i really need this to happen. yeah the more yeah it's like no nope, <laughs> it's definitely happening if if we can get mr glover on board all right so uh during that block of um Crispin Glover and overlapping with the Shockwave's Dead Right trivia, uh, The Wrath starts at 9.30. And this is a remake of a Korean question mark horror film um, that... So watching Wait, the Wait, it's trailer, a remake or it's it's like the... I thought that it, it said a remake. Uh, let me... Oh, maybe I'm... I, it's, it is a Korean film. Let um, me scroll down to the thing. Directed by Young Soon Yu. Um, a remake of the classic film Woman's Wall, or sorry, Woman's Whale. Oh, okay, um, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's a remake of apparently a classic Korean horror film, and I'm torn. Like, I, I definitely want to see it, depending on, um, because it does overlap with Crispin Glover, so it depends on if I'm standing in line to get my Willard picture. <laughs> um, watching the trailer, it looks incredibly well done, and there are some things about this. Uh, about the movie again based on the trailer that the more that it showed the more that I was like this movie might be like super disturbing and way more like like gory Korean horror rather than just like oh there's a creepy dude in the corner um so there are some things about the about the trailer that make it seem like I would be glad that it's not the last movie of the night oh yeah for sure but then there are other things about it that seem like like some of the Korean or just some of the Asian horror tropes of like, you know, the grudge and the ring um, or Juan and Ringu where stuff that gets lost in translation because in Asian culture, like I'm sure that it is absolutely terrifying, but translating it into Western culture, it just loses a little bit. Cause like even in the trailer, they do the same kind of jump scare about six different times. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely very much like when I watched uh, the trailer for it, I, the grudge is like all I could think of. Like that's exactly what it reminds me of. Um, it has a lot of the a lot of similar types of jump scares and you know pale, pasty white. Yeah, ghost. But like that's a thing. Like in Asian horror and in Asian culture, that is a terrifying thing well, that we is, just don't understand. Well, it's pretty terrifying to me. I've got to say, it, like I don't it's even. Cr- it's creepy to us. It's. It's I don't know, man. Like The Grudge is not a good movie, but I remember the first time I watched that movie, like it it, it kept me up at night. Like it's it's so weird because as I'm watching, I'm like I don't really like this movie, but like it's got some pretty effective scares. It's been a while since I've seen it, so if I watch it now, it might be different. But at right. the time, I was like, this movie's terrifying. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like that kind of stuff gets me to the point where like I'm I'm hesitant to even want to watch it because I'm a little afraid of watching it. <laughs> sure. The The Grudge or The Wrath. The wrath. So here, here's not not really a hesitancy. And again, like it does look great. And like the more that I watched the trailer, the more that I was like, this seems like there's so much more going on than uh, than what I initially thought. But even within the trailer, the first jump scare of like looking away and looking back and like there's a ghost screaming in your face. There was a little bit of like a, oh, dear Lord, that's terrifying. Yes. The fact that within the trailer, they do it five or six times by the last one. Like it wasn't even scary. It was just like, oh, like it's just going to be right next to her again. Mm -hmm. And 
if the if during the trailer if I was already losing some of that jump scareness, like I wonder how much of the movie would sustain the tension of scares versus just being like a really fun over the top gore fest. Right. And I mean both of those sound great. Like if it if it is just more of like an over the top, you know, haunted house gore fest, like yeah, that that seems great. And I wonder like when I watch it, I don't it doesn't seem like it would be like a super gory movie. Like I mean I don't it know. seems like it seems more of a subtle like ghost story kind of See, I I thought that too, but again, watching the trailer to me it came across as a bit more gory. So it could be. I mean, it's it's really hard to tell. The trailer doesn't give you a whole lot to go on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, that's one of those movies. It's one of those movies where I, I mean, with it going up against Crispin Glover, it wasn't one that was totally on my radar at first. So, like, I definitely want to see it, but I don't know if, like, I can't watch Mango Shake and The Wrath and completely miss Crispin Glover. Right. So I've I've got to I've got to pick my battles there. And Mango Shake is just a little bit more me. Yeah, Mango Shake does seem like it's a bit more... Um, Mango Shake seems like it's going to be more of a unique experience that you might not have outside of CFF. Right. Um, where The Wrath, uh, again, like it's probably going to end up on Shudder. Not saying that in like a negative way or like it's not worth seeing, but when trying to make very difficult decisions of which child is your favorite child... Exactly. Eh, daycare can watch that one for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. During that, that's also going to be overlapping with the I'm okay, you're karaoke, which starts at uh, 10 o'clock at the Chattanooga, Chattanooga Brewing Company. So, yeah, like if you want a night of drinking with horror trivia and karaoke and like looking at pictures from previous years, karaoke parties, like they seem like an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one year they did a pajama party karaoke. Yeah, they did. And like it, it just seems like so much fun. That like if if that is where you choose to go, then awesome. And the fact that it's going to be at uh, Chattanooga Brewing Company, that's also a free event. So like if you can't make it to any of the films, but you still want to be a part of the Chattanooga Film Festival uh, atmosphere and just fun, then go to the Chattanooga Brewing Company on what day is this? On Friday. Friday. Dear Lord, we're still only on Friday. Yes. Uh, on Friday, starting at <laughs> eight, and join in with some shockwaves trivia and uh, karaoke. You'll have a lot of fun. It sounds like a blast. All right. This brings us to the last block on Friday night, which, again, I'm I'm torn. I keep going back and forth on which one I uh, I'm going to go to. So the eleven thirty block, there's the uh, watch these films block of short films. Or Lords of Chaos. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sure. Yeah. Um, like, I have Lords of Chaos circled because I really want to see it. But, like, with shorts, it can be kind of hit or miss, and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. So it's kind of like with the, the Thursday night thing. It's like, okay, I kind of know a little bit more about what I'm getting into here than with the secret screening. And I don't think the shorts have been announced at all. I mean, some they, of them, some people like individual filmmakers have been like, oh yeah, my short's going to be playing at yeah. Chat Film Fest, but there's not like anything online that says, so it's it's basically just going to be like a, a grab bag of like, you don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah. Which is exciting in its own way. Well, and one of the, like, cause there's a few different block of shorts. There's the uh, Salute Your Shorts. There's the Tennessee Student Filmmaker Shorts. There's the um, Watch These Films or WTF Shorts. Yes. And even though in the past I have typically missed the block of short films because of going to the other movies because mm-hmm. of exactly that with the like... It could be good, it could be not so good, and I at least know what I'm getting with uh, with this feature-length film. 
when it comes to the WTF, watch these film shorts. Last year, that included uh, BFF Girls by Brian Lenano. Oh, yeah, which is so good. Which, oh, my God. Very it, appropriate for a... Uh, for a short film block called WTF. Yeah, and it that might have even been the opening short of that block of shorts, and that was my opening night event. So if I remember correctly, the first thing that I saw in 2017 was Brian Lenano's um, BFF Girls, <laughs> co-produced by Joe, Joe Six, Joe Gavargazian, and starring Jessica Ship uh, of Central Cinema. So, like... Yeah, like, it, but okay, so that's part of why I went is because it did involve a lot of people that I already knew their work or, like, people that I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, like, I love the stuff that you've done before or, you know, like, you know, pseudo-friends-ish. I, I consider them friends. I just don't know if they consider me friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's part of why I went to that one is because I knew BFF Girls was going to be playing. But, like, then in that block of shorts, there was also Wait, which um, is a... It, it's it's interesting. I'm not going to spoil it if you've not seen the wait short film. But like there was just a, a block of really weird and obscure and slightly off kilter short films that I'm so glad that I saw. So part of me doesn't want to miss them, but also Lords of Chaos. I know. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Lords of Chaos. Um, the the. So right now, I've still got... I mean, like I said, I have Lords of Chaos circled. I'm kind of starting to lean towards WTF simply because Lords of Chaos is like... I could stream it right now if I wanted to. Like yeah, it's like on it's, it's already, yeah, it's already on video on demand. And there's not going to be anyone involved with the film there. And with the short films, I mean, a lot of them will end up on YouTube and stuff at, at a certain point. But at the same maybe. time... Maybe. Maybe. But, but you also don't is, learn like what to search for or... Right. And I don't know. Like, I'm kind of leaning towards that. Like, I need to give myself some kind of surprise, I feel like. If I'm going to... It might depend on if I watch the secret screening, too. Right. So, who knows? Um, But I'm kind of leaning towards the shorts just because... Ah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Again, this is, this is one of the ones that's going to be up in the air. You, you didn't believe me the first time that I said that, like, it was going to be really anxiety-producing trying to come up with your schedule. I didn't, did you? I didn't disbelieve you, but I didn't realize how difficult it would be. <laughs> right? So, yeah. <laughs> I... This is another one where, like, every time that I open my mouth to say which one I'm leaning towards, I keep changing my mind. Like, my gut says I'm leaning towards watch these films because of the fact that Lords of Chaos is already available uh, on demand. Uh, there's not going to be anyone involved with the movie there that we know of. And so, like, there's not really anything about that overall cinematic experience that I wouldn't be able to get just, like, renting it later. Yeah, and that was what I was about to say. I was just thinking, too, like, with the watch these films, I feel like a lot of the filmmakers, a lot of the filmmakers who create the short films are going to be there. Yeah. And of all the and of all the blocks of shorts, that's the one that I'm most likely to go to. Exactly, yeah, because I don't think that i'll have a chance to really go to or i'm not going to just go to the other uh blocks of short films so like i need to get to one of them one of the three and this is the one that seems like the most likely for me to go to all of that being said actually watching the trailer of lords of chaos it looks like such an amazing movie it does and i I can't wait to see it so here's another case where like what i would recommend to people is going to be maybe slightly counterintuitive to what i might end up doing I would probably recommend people go to Lords of Chaos simply because of how well it 
uh, it seems like it would pair with sadistic intentions. Like, it yeah. seems like you have to make a double feature, even though they're not right next to each other. It seems like to complete your journey through CFF and their uh, theme of Satan this year, <laughs> please do not think that CFF is satanic. It's not. Uh, or but is with, it? <laughs> or are you? But with that being part of the theme, like, I, I feel like to get the overall CFF experience this year, going to Sadistic Intentions and then Lords of Chaos, it just, ah, they just seem like they pair together so perfectly. And I, yeah, e- even though I might not actually end up making it to either of them, I feel like that is the stronger recommendations of what I think other people should do. Yes. And I'm probably going to have a last minute call of which one I do. <laughs> exactly. All right, so provided that we actually uh, wake up and get back to um, Chattanooga early enough Saturday morning to start our day, uh, Saturday is another difficult day because the first block starting at 10, we have Leto, uh, Cowboy Who, and Destroy All Movies, the Punks on Film panel with Zach Carlson and Brian um, Connolly. I've got this. All right, are you ready? Go to Cowboy Who and get some cereal. Uh-huh. Maybe watch a little bit of it. And then go to Punks on Film. I mean, that's it's pretty much what, what I'm thinking. leaning towards. Like, I need I need cereal. And I have to put that all-you-can-eat moniker to the test. Well, that's going to be the other thing. For me, it's... For me, it's really going to depend on uh, if, if you have to be there at the beginning of Cowboy Who to be able to partake in the all-you-can-eat um, uh, cereal bar. Yes. Or if it's just going to be running, like, throughout... Because content-wise, Cowboy Who is on YouTube. I don't know whether or not it is allowed to be, but like if you just <laughs> want the experience of watching it, you can go to YouTube. That being said, I don't feel like it's going to be the same watching it by yourself as it would with other people. It seems like watching it in a theater full of people eating all-you-can-eat cereal, oh my god, that sounds like so much fun. It does. I, like I started watching some of it. <laughs> I haven't started. No, oh I want God. to be surprised. Like, I don't want... Because I do want to watch a little bit of Cowboy Who. Uh, it, it lasts a little... It goes on a little bit longer than Punks on Film. So, yeah. at some point, both both of those things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I am very heavily leaning towards go to Punks on Film, uh, in part because, again, Zach Carlson, and he, he just has so many fascinating just just stories, and he knows so much about about cinema, and and we have to miss. We're probably going to end up missing his uh, his um, intro for suburbia. Yes, I was trying to think of the word intro. Yeah, probably going to have to in- miss his intro. So I want to see him at some point. Yeah, and like I I got to interview him two years ago. I think two years ago. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Um, at the 2017 Film Fest, like I got to interview Zach Carlson and talk to him about you know Bleeding Skull and American American Genre Film Archive, and so like having that opportunity and hearing him go into even more depth, it's like God, how can I miss that? Like it it was so much fun talking movies with him that I want to hear him talk about punk music and just the punk lifestyle in cinema because like I love punk music and I just. It, it, that seems like the perfect panel for me. Mm-hmm. One of the many perfect panels, because <laughs> a lot of them are. Um, but yeah, I also want cereal. Yeah, cereal needs to happen. You know what's interesting? I feel like at least in what I want to do on Saturday, I'm not actually going to be watching a movie on Saturday until like four o'clock. Probably not. Yeah, actually, probably not. Um, oh, and also um, the 
Punks on Film, sorry, Destroy All Movies, the Punks on Film panel, that is another uh, thing that is open to the public. So again, if you want to be a part of the Chat Film Fest experience but can't actually make it to any of the movies, go to that panel. That is a thing that you can do. Along with the next thing that we're going to mention that we're going to probably be choosing over the other things that we also <laughs> want to do. So during the 1215, 1230-ish block, we have Desolation Center, which is a uh, documentary about uh, basically punk music in the desert that led to things such as Burning Man. Um, Modest Heroes, which is a animation anthology with three uh, three stories that, oh my god, it looks like so much fun. And it has that sort of Studio Ghibli style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I need something heartwarming, that's where I'm going to go. Like it seems like one of the most heartwarming pieces in the entire weekend. Yeah. Uh, you have starting at one the intellectual property panel, which again is open to the public. But where you're going to find us is uh, in the Shockwaves live podcast from yeah. twelve fifteen to two fifteen, which I mean, is also free and open to the public. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for doing so many free events. That's awesome, like people out there, show up, be a part of the film fest. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, so it's probably not surprising that two guys who have a podcast are really interested in watching other people podcast because uh, Shockwaves is one of those that. Like I've listened to for not, I was going to say for quite a while, but I've listened to it a lot, not for a long, long time. Cause I haven't really listened to them yeah. to podcasts very much anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you could listen to it whenever they release it, but like, there's just gonna, like, I just need to be there for it. Like I want to be in the podcast screaming in yeah. the background. Like. And, <laughs> and like, it is a different experience. So shockwaves has been at chat film fest before, and they've been at the Knoxville horror film fest before. And over the last few years, I keep missing them because they've always been paired up against a movie that I'm just like, I don't want to miss it. Ah, last year, uh, at the Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Thankfully, there was not a schedule conflict, and Shockwaves did a live podcast. Shockwaves entailing of just Elric Kane, um, Rob G., uh, Rebecca McKendry, and... Um, oh, dear Lord. Ryan Why? Turek. Yes, Ryan Turek. Like, I could picture <laughs> his face, but I was like, that's not his name. Uh, yeah, the three of them couldn't make it, so it was Shockwaves with a uh, cast member of one. Um <laughs> But yeah, it was Elric Kane talking to J.K., Brian Lanano, and Joe Six, and like it was, it was awesome. And yeah, I they had eventually posted it, and I could have just listened to it then, which is what I did because I didn't get a chance to go to the live podcast. But so it I listened to it. But it wasn't the same. Yeah. like being in the audience, it just felt so. Like, I it just has a different energy and. Yeah, I I can't see us missing that one. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, so like we got Shockwaves from 12.15 to 2.15. And then at 3 o'clock, Junk Food Cinema goes on for an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like podcasts for three hours, basically. Yeah. For me. And, oh my God. I Okay, so at, at some point, we are probably also going to do an episode of just like the various podcasts that we listen to. In part, just because there are some great, very well-known podcasts that we want to keep promoting and saying, hey, if somehow you haven't heard of these, go listen to them because they're amazing. But like the three podcasts that take up the vast majority of my podcasting time and just other time in general is uh, Shockwaves, Junk Food Cinema, and Pure Cinema Podcast. Like Mm -hmm. those three Mm -hmm. are the vast majority of what I listen to anytime that I'm not watching movies or like trying to be responsible. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes when I am trying to be responsible. Um, 
so yeah for two of my three favorite podcasts and pure cinema podcast also is elric kane uh so like essentially for three of my favorite podcasts <laughs> to be at the chat film fest how could i not go and be a part of that and listen to them and yeah i mean honestly the only way it could get any better is if they were doing like 80s all over because that's the other podcast i listen to all the time yeah and i'm hoping i don't know for sure if he will but scott weinberg who's the co-host he um is a producer on i trap the devil which we'll talk about on sunday um well not on like on the sunday schedule um and then he also co-wrote one of the movies that i believe is playing on the watch these films short section um which is stop uh by steven de janeiro i think sure. how you pronounce his name but anyway so it'd be awesome if scott weinberg was at chat film fest and if he is i'm going to stalk him because he's one of my favorite film critics Anywho. maybe maybe don't use the word stalk um stalk seems appropriate it probably does it seems appropriate so the they have we during the junk food cinema block they also are doing the world premiere of arrows of outrageous fortune the mickey reese film which i've never i don't know much about mickey reese but he's made like 20 movies mm-hmm. apparently and like all just kind of really low budget kind of stuff and um he's described as what was it the steven soderbergh of the sticks yeah i think and that's like that's very very intriguing to me and it's one that i would if it wasn't going up against junk food I would be there for the world premiere of this movie. So, all right. So the block surrounding junk food cinema might be the most difficult block for the entire weekend for me because of where junk food cinema falls. Uh, And I mean, Chris talked about that in terms of like some some of the guests have very specific schedules and they're only going to be able to be there for very specific times. And so, like, I understand how... I can only imagine how difficult it is to actually schedule these things. But Junk Food Cinema runs from 3 to 4.30. Hellbound starts at 2.30. Uh, Arrows of Outrageous Fortune starts at 2.30. Vice Squad starts at 4.20, which, yeah, not that much of an overlap, but still a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fair starts at 4.20. And, like, all four of those movies I really want to see. Like, to the point where if Junk Food Cinema were not part of the equation... I don't know which movies I would choose with each of those blocks. Yeah, um, I don't really either. I mean, I, I did say Arrows of Outrageous Fortune, but Hellbound is another one that looks really good and that I would really like to see. Yeah. Like, I would probably end up going Arrows of Outrageous Fortune because of the fact that uh, Mickey Reese is going to be there. Is it Mickey or Mikey? I don't know. I think it's Mickey. Uh, anyways. M-I-C-K-E-Y. M-O-U-S-E. Yeah. R-E-E-S-E. There you go. So... <laughs> <laughs> The fact that he's going to be there and it is the the world premiere and like I watched the trailer and it does seem like a genuinely great movie. But Hellbound is a like biker film going to hell and the trailer makes it seem like a good solid half of the movie is just like a couple of naked witches like dancing around (laughs) doing weird, weird things and like it just seems so again like exploitation like it seems... Hellbound looks like biker exploitation, sex exploitation, and witch exploitation. Which I don't know if witch exploitation is a thing, but watching it the trailer now. for Hellbound, it totally is now. And yeah, I like to. See, I really do want to see all these movies. But. Yeah, Vice Squad with uh, director Gary Sherman. Like the movie itself, I'm sure I could watch any time that I want. No, hold but on! Don't get ahead of yourself. With Gary Sherman being there to talk about Here's the it, thing. and I'm I'm going to Vice Squad. 
like it there's a little bit of an overlap with junk food cinema i will leave junk food cinema slightly early if i have to to get to vice squad well and typically the q a happens afterwards so you'd probably still be fine to catch like the majority of the discussion right so i mean like even though there's a it's again it's just a 10 minute overlap so i mean it might not even they might not even really overlap at this like right I'm going to Vice Squad. I've heard so many crazy, amazing things about this film. And like, I'm watching Dead and Buried right now, uh, another film that Gary Sherman directed, and it's amazing. And he directed Poltergeist 3, which I haven't watched, but I'm going to watch between now and the film fest because... Because he's, he's going doing, to be doing a behind the scenes yes, discussion. So like, there's no doubt about it. I'm going to Vice Squad. I'm going to watch the whole movie. So, yes... And also, the fair looks amazing. Amazing. <clears throat> I know how to words. Jeez. Oh, no, the fair one, actually one sounds really... One of these days, really... I'm going to learn how to podcast appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, uh, director DC Hamilton and um, actress uh, Brina, 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 B-R-I-N-N-A, Kelly, are going to be there. Yes. And, like, the entire movie looks like it is just the two of them in a cab. And it looks... it. Like it, it seems so fascinating. It does, and it has like kind of a Twilight Zone slash Groundhog Day esque like time looping plot device yeah. where they keep like she keeps getting into the same cab over and over again. And I don't remember exactly what the plot details are, but it's also one movie where I don't want to know where it's going. Yeah, like I mean, it sounds so good. Like it sounds like exactly something that I would love. Like I love just I love it when movies are confined to small spaces, like buried or phone booth or stuff like i think that's such a fascinating gimmick that is incredibly difficult to pull off but when they pull it off like it just it's fascinating to me yeah and like i, I assume there's kind of a love story angle where it almost reminds me of like i, I mean, don't know i don't like maybe the, that's what um, it seemed like but so because it is in such a confined space like it has to be insanely character driven which yes. either means that it is going to be awesome because of how character driven it is even though like the plot does seem really interesting and fascinating like the plot isn't what's driving it it's the characters and whether or not you care about them and it's one of the types of movies that it's one of the types of movies that i feel like it could either go nowhere like the plot of the film in terms of like being stuck in a loop or it's just going to be like oh my god like i I care so deeply about these people because of how well it's portrayed and like i i feel like it could go either way yeah. I'm hoping that it leans more towards the this movie is fascinating. Um and uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm really it's... I'm really sad that I have to miss this one because I'm I really wanted to see it. I was really really intrigued by it. Um definitely seems like the kind of movie like very character driven, probably really dialogue driven. Like I really like that kind of stuff. So yeah, like it feels... and again with DC Hamilton, the director and Brenna Kelly being there, like it's, I, I love it when they do stuff like that. So yeah, well, and it's... like, it feels like the kind of movie that could be a stage production. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, liking cinema and theater in all of its forms, not just movies, but like also drama and plays. It's like, man, I, I would love to see that, but yeah, I, it would probably take something pretty big to get me to not go see Vice Squad. Yeah. All right. So starting at 645, um, oh, and during all of this, starting at 530, there's the Pitch Workshop with Dave Lawson, um, and that is yet another event that is free and open to the public. 
that we're not going to go to. Yeah, because we're not we, pitching any films. I was going to say we we're not. I love that he has all these workshops, and we I think we might have skipped the one about <clears throat> funding your film that Stephen DeGenero is. Oh yeah, yeah, is um that one's taking place at three, three o'clock. So um, for like burgeoning filmmakers, like people who are really who especially like I think with the uh, with one of the workshops, it even says something like if you have a script, bring it with you. Yeah, and like, like that block because at one is the intellectual property. At three is funding uh, your film with investors, and then at five thirty is pitch workshop. I think so that's the one where you have to where you should bring your pitch or screenplay or something like that. Yeah. So like, if you're interested in making a movie and want to know more of what's actually involved in all of it, like there's a solid six hours that you can spend at the Chat Film Fest, talking with and learning from like people in the industry that can actually help you know the things that you need to know to make it happen. And and again for free free yeah thanks chris so cool that that wasn't like a smarmy thanks chris that was a genuine thanks chris oh don't lie um also the the saturday is uh, a bit all over the place just in terms of the amount of things yeah i'm uh from 4 30 to 5 30 there's the whiskey competition in the main (laughs) lobby of the chattanooga theater center So, so you know we finish up with junk food take a shot of whiskey and then go to vice squad yeah so there's (laughs) there's all kinds of things happening on saturday so at 6.45, uh, Burning Kentucky, which uh, is with Q&A afterwards with the director, Bethany Brooke Anderson, and various cast members. And the trailer for this makes it look like just a standard dude bro road movie that quickly devolves into hellacious madness. Oh, I, you know what? I haven't even watched the trailer for this one. Like from what I had read about it, it almost sounds kind of Coen Brothers-esque, like a crime drama, but maybe I did not read that. Watching very... the trailer, it's more like, um, watching the trailer felt a little bit more like if Hangover met um, the devil. Oh wow! Okay, so that I would I totally read this wrong. So yeah. <laughs> I'm even more excited to see this movie now. <laughs> it the, the beginning of the trailer made me. The beginning of the trailer had me a little bit just like. Eh, well, it I sounds mean, like I'm sure Chris is picking good movies, but like it feels a bit dude broish, and then like things start going a little bit off the rails. I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just from what I like the description and stuff, it sounded kind of like almost noirish. In a way, like a like a mystery noir mystery. Trailer does not make it look noirish. Interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch this or not, and just be totally surprised by it. But yeah, I mean, this one it's kind of a no brainer for me because director and cast members in attendance. Yeah, I've got to see it. It goes up against everything is terrible, which I was really interested in seeing. But um, everything is terrible starts at seven forty five. Um, it I, I've been to the live shows of everything is terrible. They are fascinating. And oh my goodness, like it, it is an experience all its own. You can watch videos that everything is terrible puts out. Like you can mm-hmm. watch some of their, uh, they have it, movies and stuff that they've put out. Like they've got two hour long, uh, conglomerations of YouTube clips. Right. And that's what it is. Like the live show is you watching a bunch of like spliced and amalgamated YouTube clips and like old, church video things and old infomercials and well they they take them and they like they put them together to tell one narrative right like they take a whole bunch of like some disparate clips and put them together to tell a story like if acid had a youtube channel (laughs) is what it would feel like watching everything is terrible well and the thing too like it's not even they're not even necessarily youtube clips right they're like they're like taken from old vhs tapes that they find like yeah or like old children shows yeah or 
Like just so many just, just weird and obscure things. Like there was uh, one of the ones I forget if it was two years ago or three years ago. They had um, they had footage from like some major event that was happening at Disney World. So they've got like just these great big stars like doing a like, hey, we're at Disney World. And it was very clearly like late 80s, early 90s type of thing. Um, and it was it, it was something special. All right. We need to stop talking about this before I get too excited about it and decide to. Here's what makes it better. Burning Kentucky. Don't. The guys that do everything is terrible. You don't just sit and watch YouTube for two hours. Like, they're there in costume in such, like, glorious and majestic costumes. And, like, there is a show that they put on. And it is that having everything is terrible there, like, doing their bit is part of what makes the experience so much more than just their videos. And one, here's one of my favorite things that happened during one of the live shows a couple of years ago. They're, they're making a Jerry pyramid. So a oh, pyramid yeah, in the Jer- desert. Jerry Maguire pyramid. Based, sounds hilarious. Yeah, made from Jerry Maguire VHSs. And um, at the time, um, at the time I was part of the podcast, uh, Mass Listeria, which huge, huge, huge shout out to Daniel and Tim for bringing me on to Mass Listeria because they're why I was able to go to Chat Film Fest in the first place. So as much as I've talked about the Film Fest, I've not given them enough credit. Daniel, Tim, if you're listening to this, oh my God, thank you guys so much. I would not be where I am now were it not for you guys bringing me in in the first place. So on the episode, we were joking about how like we thought they were going to do a bait and switch and just end up showing Jerry Maguire. Uh-huh. And then at the end, they started showing a Jerry clip, but somehow, magically, the wrong clip was showing, and it started to show the entire Jerry movie. <laughs> and so one of the guys was like, wait, this isn't part of the show. Like, this is legit a mistake. <laughs> We're not supposed to be showing this clip. And so there was something very, like, the universe wanted everyone to watch Jerry and it because was just, why wouldn't it? Yeah. So like just that liveness of it and the reaction of just like, oh crap, this isn't what's supposed to happen. It's hilarious. Loved it so much. Uh so yeah, like if you can make it to everything is terrible, oh my god, it's such an experience. I know. I'm mm, I'm I'm really conflicted because I do want to watch Burning Kentucky. I need to watch the trailer too, just now. The, but the good thing is you can be in Burning Kentucky for an hour and see whether or not you want to finish it. Or, I mean that is true, yeah. If I if I'm not feeling it, then I could leave. I'm not I'm not that kind of person though. Like even when I watch movies I don't like, I I usually try to power through them. Here's the problem. Creature from the Black Lagoon is screening in Miller Park starting at eight thirty. And again, a free event. So even if you can't make it to any of the ticketed movies, go see Creature from the Black Lagoon at Miller Park. Uh, It has it on the schedule starting at 8.30, but obviously that depends on, you know, sun and whether or not it's dark enough to show a movie. Mm. But, you know, Chris said that they're showing the 4K restoration on a 10K screen. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, we have to... I mean, the good thing is it's Creature from the Black Lagoon and we've seen it before. And, you know, if we miss a little bit of the beginning, it's not a big deal. But we have to at least go for a good chunk of the movie. Yeah. Like, even if we... The other... I've seen the movie countless times. Yeah. 
but it is one of my favorite movies. How can I miss a free screening of Creature from the Black Lagoon? I mean, even though we're going to be at the entire film fest, how can I miss a screening of it on a 4K restoration? I can't. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things that my inner horror nerd will just, like, be gut-punching me for a while if I don't go to it, oh, yeah. you know? We're going to see it. Yeah. So then... To. Um, after that, they've got uh, they've got Heaven and Hell on the Southern Bell, which um, shows up with basically just their their Saturday night party. Yeah, it's their Saturday night party on a boat. Um, and then, <laughs> which is awesome. I know it's so great. And then they've got the um, dangerous. But before we go on to that, oh, I I'm just sorry. no no no. I I just like it, it struck me how perfectly that pairs of you watch the creature from the Black Lagoon and then you go to a boat party. Oh yeah, no, that's you awesome. Know, I didn't even... <laughs> It's just like I wasn't even thinking about that. Like <laughs> it, it is just such a perfect pairing to where, like, again, if you can't be to the entire film fest, go see Creature from the Black Lagoon, and then go get drunk on a boat, and then have someone else drive you home. Yes, or let the creature carry you home, because that's really the way that <laughs> the way that it was meant to be. Exactly. Okay, continue. Oh man. So yeah. So at the same time, they've got um, well. It kind of overlaps with Creature a little bit and then Heaven and Hell. Um, Dangerous Visions, Horror, and Sci-Fi Shorts. Um, So, you know what? We didn't even think about this one. This is another short film block. This is the fourth short film block that we didn't think about, right? Yeah, and like that one we might be able to catch, but it's up against the Dead Center. uh, And uh, Billy Sinise. Sinise? I think it's Sinise. Kind of like Gary Sinise, but with an E. Yeah, but Sinise is spelled differently. That's true. Gary S E N E S E. Oh, I thought it was S I N E. Sorry, Billy, not Gary. Billy Sinise. <laughs> I said Gary. I don't know why. Gary's on my mind. Uh, like, so Billy's going to be there, and like the movie itself seems really fascinating. And I, I think this was the one that was described a little bit like Autopsy of Jane Doe yeah, so meets it, like I don't know In Treatment, the, the show with uh, Gabriel Byrne. It looks I, a I little bit like. That. And it's funny too because it also goes up against like the what plays afterward is the night shifter, which is also about like a mortician or coroner or something. Um, Maybe I'm confusing the two. Yeah, me, I was gonna say double, you might be confusing the this. two, but I think the Dead Center also has kind of a kind of that vibe. Going Dead Center, with it too. when a mysterious John Doe wakes up in a morgue and wanders into a psychiatric ward, a devoted doctor and curious medical examiner must slowly uncover dark and sinister secrets about the man that uh, reveal a more horrifying truth than they could have ever imagined. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, so this it, wasn't the one that I was thinking, but my description wasn't wrong. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> like, the two movies together make a pretty great double feature, this and The Night Shifter. Um, yeah, but The Night Shifter is... Uh, Stenio works the graveyard shift in the morgue of a vast, violent city. He toils all night, but he's never alone, for Stenio can talk to the dead, and they talk back. But when the whispers of the dead reveal secrets of his own life, Stenio unleashes a curse that brings forth danger and darkness. Yeah, like, that is a great pairing. Yeah, so, in the Dead Center, the thing that is interesting to me is that it stars Shane Carruth, who is the director of Primer and Upstream Color, um, which Upstream Color is just a fascinating film. I, I really, really like it. Um, and yeah, so I don't know, like that, that is kind of like the, and the fact that the um, director, Billy Sinise is also in attendance. Like I, I feel like I have to go to the dead center. Um, I'm leaning more towards dead center than the horror shorts. But I'm also fascinated by them, and depending on how late we get back to uh, the Chattanooga Theater Center from Miller Plaza will also depend on if we're too late to get into Dead Center, then, you know, just 
catch some of the shorts. So exactly. Again, so, timing might play a factor, but I, I think Dead Center has my attention right now. Yep. That's that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, that's a good point. If we are a little too late to catch the beginning of it, then we'll probably just dip into the shorts because, you know, obviously it won't matter too much if we miss the beginning of that. <laughs> right. We'll just miss some of the shorts. But there's not a question about Night Shifter versus Dead Tectives. Oh, yeah. I mean, Night Shifter does sound really interesting. But Dead Tectives is called Dead Tectives and Dead Tectives. Like, and, and what did you what say was the uh, the tagline that they say? Um, oh, it's like real ghosts. It's like fake investigators, real ghosts, complete dicks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> fake detectives, real ghosts. Which just first off seems hilarious. And also when, when Chris was on the podcast and we said, what is like the one movie not to miss? And he was like, oh, detectives. Yeah. Like he didn't even really. I mean, he, he also have, said Harpoon, and he also said a few other things. He did. But, he mentioned a few other ones, but he was like, Dead Tectives. Yeah, the fact that Dead Tectives was his go-to, and the fact that, like, it's wordplay, and it's Dead Tectives, <laughs> and it, it seems The trailer like, looks like a lot of fun, too. It has kind of like a Ghostbusters feel to it, but, you know, if the Ghostbusters were, like, all Peter Vinkman, basically, right. where, like, they're all just kind of in it and don't really know what they're doing. Like, it feels like if the Gargoyle podcast were ghost hunters yeah pretty is much. what it feels like yeah you know we would just kind of bumble our way through it and hope that everything works out in the end <laughs> plus the the image that's on the cff website has two dudes in like a tr- tron meets ghostbusters-esque uh attire and some dude holding a mop yep i sold yeah all right <clears throat> That gets us through Saturday. That is our crazy, crazy ass Saturday. Like looking at the schedule right now, we are jumping all over the damn place on Saturday. So this is why Sunday is actually maybe the day I'm most looking forward to because it's the end of the weekend and it's actually a pretty relaxed, like there aren't a whole lot of difficult choices. We're not going to have to be, well, at least for me, I'm not going to be having to move around a whole lot. Like for most of the day, I'm wanting to hang out and Bruce green screen for the most part <laughs> which can we just talk about the fact that the names of the uh like what they are naming the various <laughs> rooms in which they're screening the films are Bruce spring screen and screen a Turner yes and then they've got the Clasterpiece theater yes yes for the and elegant films they've got Snackatomi Plaza it's like <laughs> so great God, I like love this that. is why <laughs> detectives is the movie so where much. <laughs> All right, so on Sunday morning, we've got Ghost Box Cowboy. Starting at the, 10 a.m., yeah. there's Ghost Box Cowboy, the Tennessee Filmmaker Block, and the Making of Poltergeist 3, all going on at the same time. Yeah, and even though the... Um, it, I like how it says intro and possible Q&A with producer uh, John Montague yeah, for the uh, Ghost Box Cowboy. Yeah. I wonder if that's just like depending on time or if it's still up in the air on um, whether or not he's actually going to be able to make it. I don't know. Um even though the movie looks very interesting and even though they have the Tennessee filmmaker block of shorts, I mean, come on, Gary Sherman talking about like the behind the scenes and making of Poltergeist three. It's kind of a no brainer for us who love those backstories and like who intentionally watch movies with the uh, commentary turned on. So yes. And to be perfectly honest with you, like I don't really even know what the hell to make of ghost box cowboy. I love the title. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I'm definitely seeing that. And then I watched the trailer and I'm like, I don't I don't know what this movie is. Like it has something to do with like this 
this Texas entrepreneur who's trying to invest in like Japanese stuff. Like it's a, it's a very like corporate kind of I don't know, and it looks very like I don't fucking know what this movie is, dude. Okay, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> like watching the trailer, I was like, I still don't know what to make of this movie. It didn't clear anything up for me. Like, yeah, I I have no idea. I, it, again, it's one of those movies that looks very fascinating. But how can we miss Gary Sherman talking about Poltergeist 3? Yes. So, yeah. Uh, which, hey, guess guess what about Gary Sherman and the secrets of Poltergeist 3? Um, he's going to be telling us secrets about Poltergeist 3. Um, I was going to say it's free and open to the public. Oh, but yeah. But sure, you can go with literally the words that I just said. <laughs> I figured that was a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is free. So you can come see Gary Sherman for free do you realize you can get through almost the entire weekend of going and being a part of the chat film fest for free yeah i mean like there really is something almost every single day at almost every hour for free that yeah. you can go to it's pretty f-ing awesome yeah and like even if you're not in a thing like you can be there in the foyer and like talking to people and just like engaging in that cinematic discussion so and you even can debate if you, on if you say foyer or foyer foyer so even if you can't actually make it in to any of the movies, like you can still be a huge part of like experiencing the Chat Film Fest. So, yeah. All right, uh, the twelve thirty block. Twelve thirty block. I feel like is kind of a no brainer, but also still a difficult decision. We've got the girl on the third floor with director and writer Travis Stevens up against Lost Holiday and uh, Bob Rains Tennessee Investor Talk. Um, where again like it's talking about investing and again free and open to the public no brainer that i'm going to go to the girl on the third floor oh yeah like this is one of those must-see movies for me whenever they first announced it it uh premiered at um i need to be more prepared when i start to say things um at south by southwest <laughs> welcome to my world i think it's south by southwest yeah you know that one that just happened um and like jk was there and like everybody who saw the movie was just raving about it and said that it was great and yeah. it's from travis stevens who this is his directorial debut, um, but he's produced like a bunch of great films like uh, Cheap Thrills and Starry Eyes, We're Still Here, Mohawk and Jodorowsky's Dune, like a bunch of like great genre films. Um, and yeah, I've got to, I have to go see this one. And of course, he's he's there doing a Q&A. So even if I didn't know all of this other stuff about Travis Stevens and about the premiere, like I'm there. Yeah, I mean, like again, how can you again? How can you miss that one? Like, it just seems, I, yeah. And it's a body horror movie, so there you go. And even though there is a ton of horror that's playing, and even though I feel like we're choosing a lot of horror, I also feel like by that time on Sunday, I'm gonna need another horror fix. You know? Oh man, Sunday is almost all horror, dude. Like, <laughs> let's just be. Sunday is just straight horror, like all day. But it's all different types of horror. You get like it's a very relaxing horror. Yeah, you get day. some fun <laughs> horror. You get some more like slow burn, serious stuff. Like Sundays, oh, I'm so looking forward to this day. Like it's such an easy schedule, and so yeah, yeah, great. All right, the next block uh, we have at two the two forty block. Uh, Body at Brighton Rock with director Roxanne Benjamin, Wild Rose, and The Pumpkin Pie Show. The Pumpkin Pie Show is 
For over 20 years, author Clay McLeod Chapman and his rigorous storytelling session, rigorous storytelling session, the Pumpkin Pie Show, have offered a view into the minds of the most depraved Southern Gothic monstrosities. Sometimes darkly humorous, sometimes strangely heartbreaking, and most definitely always in your face. These tales of madness and macabre explore the domestic horrors of everyday, finding terror within our own, within our very own household. This one-of-a-kind performance delves deep into the darkest recesses of those madmen and women who drift along the periphery of humankind. Still not sold, Scotsman says Clay McLeod Chapman is like Stephen King, transmogrified into a post-punk preacher poet. I bet you're in now. <laughs> <clears throat> so I thought that my 240 block was going to be an easy decision. I thought that I was going to just go to Body of Brighton Rock. As, as amazing as Wild Rose looks, again, it looks mainstream enough to where I'm not going to be surprised to see it on Netflix within, a, you know, 18 months. Yeah, it does look really good, I mean, to be honest. but Oh, yeah, I mean, it looks amazing. Like, and watching again, the trailer, it was like, how can I miss this? Oh, right, because what it's up against. <laughs> well, and with Body of Brighton Rock, you know, Roxanne Benjamin's there. So for me, that's that's kind of... Pumpkin Pie Show does sound really interesting. It, it sounds fascinating. It's one of those things where, like, I don't want to miss it because, again, like, it's a live show. It's someone there doing a thing. Uh, that that one's going to have to be, like, an on-the-cuff call of, like, crap. Which, <laughs> which one am I more in the mood for? Here's, and how long of a break do I need to go eat? Here's what I'm thinking. So, uh, Sunday is, like, the end of the festival. And all of the, almost all of the movies I want to see... That, or that I've chosen at least are in the same screen so I don't plan on moving <laughs> that also makes sense if I have to move to go see pumpkin pie show then I'm probably gonna miss it like that, let's just be that honest. makes sense um and and again like I jokingly just said oh right what about food our schedule is so back to back to back to back that at some point like we're gonna have to just completely break everything because we have to like you know eat so that that's gonna be a thing do we have to though yeah. I'm going to sneak food you, in. You would be surprised at how exhausting watching movies can be. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm i leaning towards Body of Brighton Rock. It's where I'm most likely going to end up. Um, but yeah, Pumpkin Pie Show does seem fascinating. Um, Pumpkin Pie Show, one of the few events that is not free and open to the public. Sorry, guys. All right. 4.45, we have The Confessional. Which seems very interesting, and it seems, again, like the kind of thing that you could uh, see in a stage play. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the fair where it's like there's a, there's like, a, I'm, I don't have anything in front of me, so it, this is why. It's a mystery I don't know that it like unfolds in front of you based off of the stories that are told through a confession booth. Yeah, it's like on a college campus, and there's a yeah. murder or something, I think, and, or two people have disappeared, I think, maybe is what it was. Um, so yeah, it sounds really interesting. I love... I love it when movies take chances on very experimental concepts, um, which is why I'm seeing Mutant Blast. I mean, yeah. It's a trauma movie, so plus one. And there's a trailer for it, so plus two. I'm not even going to describe the trailer because people just need to go look up the trailer for Mutant Blast to see. I, I will say this as a plus three. There is a version of the trailer without any of the decapitations oh i didn't see that one i just saw the i saw the the <laughs> no, no, squishy no, trailer no. the the fact that they intentionally made a trailer <laughs> that you can watch sans decapitation so it's like 10 seconds long probably <laughs> <laughs> because like that was pretty much what the trailer was was just heads exploding so yeah, Mutant Blast is a no-brainer. We're going to be at Mutant Blast, especially because when Wave 1 was announced and we were reading through them, 
I think that was during our 2016 pre-coverage episode, um, or read review, whatever the episode that we were doing, where we were covering the 2016 films and uh, the Wave One announcement, where we did not read through any of the descriptions of the movies before we read them for the podcast. And midway through Mutant Blast, where I started cracking up because I was like, oh, my God, this movie seems amazing. It has like a cyborg and like some mutant thing. And they're like, oh, yeah. And by the way, there's also an atomic bomb where it's just just, like, you know, oh, my God, it seems so ridiculous. So that's where we're going to be at 445. Uh, 645, we have I Trapped the Devil up against the Chat Film Fest uh, award show. And as much as I love the Film Fest and as much as I'm very interested to see who wins, since I don't actually have a film like in the like in the running, I, I got to go see I Trapped the Devil. Oh, man. And it's Christmas horror. And um, like I've just just the title alone. I mean, I Trapped the Devil that just. Yeah. I need to know what this is. Well, and uh, like Elric was talking about it on um, one of the recent episodes of Shockwaves where like, yeah, it's very. Uh, I, th- I think he said it's an IFC Midnight film. I think, um, so. I think so. Yeah, and like, there's there's not been much IFC Midnight that I've been disappointed with. There's been a few that I thought could have been better, but yeah, like IFC Midnight typically knocks it out of the park, and um, it seems a very Twilight Zone esque. Um, in fact, there actually was an episode, not with the same setting but with a same general premise of someone having captured the devil. Mm-hmm. But it seems like very drastic differences in terms of the uh, the overall setting. So I don't feel like it's going to be the same experience. Um, but yeah, like it has a very, very Christmassy, Twilight Zone, creepy vibe about some dude who thinks that he trapped the devil. And we're not sure whether or not he has. Yeah, and it's got like A.J. Bowen in it, who's in your next, and it's produced by Scott Weinberg, and I mean, it's just uh, instructed by somebody who is a part of the art department from Dave Made a Maze, Josh Lobo. Oh, okay. Um, and the poster, which they just recently released, looks like a lost 80s like paperback horror novel, and like I'm just, everything about this movie so far, just aesthetically like this is this is a me movie. Yeah. So, yeah, no brainer for me. I trap the devil. Yeah. So this is going to be one of the times that you do actually have to get off your butt and go move. Yes. Uh, 840, we've got Juniper Tree up against Harpoon. And even though Juniper Tree, like, seems... So I've not actually seen Juniper Tree before, and apparently it's an older movie. Like, this is a 4K restoration yeah, of it. it's from 1993. It has Bjork in it. Yeah. So... I don't know anything about it, and it seems like the kind of movie that I would absolutely love. However, it's up against Harpoon with Rob Grant and producer um, and producer Mike. <laughs> I don't know if they left the last name off of that or if he just goes by producer Mike. He's producer Mike. Um, yeah, Harpoon was like the other movie that Chris was like, if you only see one movie, this is the one movie along with Detectives. And, like, how stoked he was about being able to get this one and just the way that he talked about it. I, again, like, can't miss it. Got to go see Harpoon. I don't know much about it other than it takes place on a boat and there's some harpooning involved. Yeah. There's also, you know, this is, I feel like this is the other theme that's running through this. There's a lot of, um, like, confined space movies, like Harpoon set on a boat and then Confessionals in a confession booth, The Fair's in a cab. Like... I don't know if that's just an indie thing <laughs> because most independent films don't have big budgets and they need to set. I don't probably, 
but also maybe it's really playing on some of that claustrophobia mm-hmm. and isolation because I mean, it, so that's a theme that you typically don't see highlighted in movies about like Satan and devils is just that sheer isolation and like that, but that that's a thing. And I'll go back and watch any number of movies that deal with the devil or possession or Satan or just any of, of that subject matter. And they're like pretty isolating on yeah, some level. That is really true. That's, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but like thinking about any of the films I've seen that are about demons or devils or stuff, it's like always involves somebody being isolated in some way, either uh, like in Rosemary's baby where it's like, she's everybody is kind of against her yeah. in ways that she doesn't realize or, um, or even in uh devil's candy, how, um, how Jesse is like getting so engrossed in his painting that he's kind of like self isolating, which then results in bad things happening. And yeah, there's a lot of isolation that goes on in, uh, in devil movies. Interesting. So the, yeah, there's your tidbit of, huh, think about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've been talking for too long. Thank God we're almost done. Uh, last the block. L- last block, 1030 Sunday night, Eye of the Beholder, the art of Dungeons and Dragons up against Manos. Yeah, uh, Manos. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like Manos seems great and it's... Uh, Manos, did you watch the trailer for Manos? That no, movie but looks the Guardian amazing. called filmmaker Alejandro Landa's Manos Apocalypse Now on Shrooms. So, like, that alone is enough for me to be like, yeah, I want to go see that. It looks like Rambo, but with, like, young kids and I don't know, man. It looks awesome. Apocalypse Now on Shrooms, actually, is probably, a, a, like, a perfect description. It looks so good. I I really want to see this movie. And, I mean, not not to dog on Eye of the Beholder or anything. I'm just like I said, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy, so that's that's a that world is totally alien to me. If you went to Cargo's live D and D, I feel like seeing Eye of the Beholder might make it a more complete picture. Well, I mean, like D and D is one of those things. I feel like if I had been presented the opportunity when I was younger, then I probably would have gotten into it because I mean, like you're creating your own story. I mean, I love video games and role playing games and stuff. Yeah. Um. But in terms of like the actual Dungeons and Dragons, it's just not anything I ever was exposed to at the right time, I guess. So, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not huge into it either, but it's also like, ah, it's, you know, geek culture. It'd be interesting. But yeah, more than likely, I'm going to be falling asleep in Manos. Yes. Fall. <laughs> I'm hoping, based on the trailer, like it looks really exciting. So I'm hoping it will Man, keep me awake, especially since I have to work the day after. That's, that's the other thing that uh, I haven't actually prepared you for. I've talked about the anxiety of choosing your films. I, I've not talked about the fact that, like, watching as many movies as we're going to watch, no matter how, like, heart-pounding and exciting the movie itself is, you are going to fall asleep through most of the movies. Oh, no. I had that I had that problem at Knoxville Horror. Um, like, when we... And that was just... Like, there wasn't even any anxiety with that. It was like everything was just one after the other. Yeah. But some of the... Even, like, some of the, like, 9 o'clock movies, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we did Maniac... I think that yeah, that was one of the later ones. I Not think it the was, latest. Yeah, it was. was well, one. no, it was Maniac. Was and it Maniac then, and Fulci's zombie? No, no, we did Zombie, Maniac, and then um, the Ranger. So like during Maniac, I was falling asleep, even though I really enjoyed the movie. And then they're like, "All right, we've got the Ranger coming up," and I'm like, "Damn it!" I I was just like, "I really want to see this movie," but yeah. I'm dead tired. And we ended up, I ended up powering through, but. Yeah, no, I totally get it. It's yeah. going to be... Chocolate-covered coffee beans or, like, some other form of coffee beans that aren't going to melt in your pocket. Um, <laughs> yes. 
That's a, that, that, that's a thing. Five hour energy, which I've still not drunk because they just smell terrible. Yeah, I've never had those before, but it smells like a Red Bull with a urinary tract infection. <laughs> not someone I've never who smelled dr- it before, but <laughs> not someone who drinks Red Bull who has I a UTI. But like <laughs> the if, actual drink, if Red Bull itself, <laughs> if a can of Red Bull could somehow develop a urinary tract and then get it infected, that's kind of what five hour energy smells like. That's awesome. My parents have like would drink it sometimes. And I'm like, <laughs> your heart's going to explode. I don't know what the f- that is that also, you're putting in there. But also it is that going it, to explode. Not anything good meant for the human body is what is inside of it. All right. That's all the movies that like... So you realize that we, even though said we were only going to focus on the ones we're planning on going to, we effectively went through and described literally every single movie that is playing at the Chat Film Fest again. Yep. Oh, well. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> we we go we go big <laughs> on the Gargoyle podcast. We say that we're just going to mention something, and then we end up like talking about everything. <sighs> I, yep. Talking through it, I feel like that's relieved some anxiety. I feel like I have a better sense of what I'm going to do. I don't. I have the exact opposite feeling right now. Like there are so many things that you've totally turned me on where I'm just like, damn it. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. yep. you know what? I don't know why I agreed to be on this podcast. <laughs> because you get to go to <laughs> chat film fest. That is true. Without the podcast, I wouldn't get to go at all. So yeah. Catch me. Uh, like talking through it and especially looking at, all right, People are going to be there. Who's not going to be there? What's that experience going to be like? Who's going to be showing up in in later? Uh, or what films do I think are going to end up on streaming services later? And just recognizing literally every single thing on their programming is something that I want to see. It is impossible to make the wrong decision. That's true. Yeah. So whatever you end up doing, it's not going to be a bad decision. Like there might be something like, oh man, I really wanted to see that, but then you're also going to have the experience of like, but I did get to see this and that was awesome. Or if you're watching something and it's not awesome, like go to the other one. But we have, you know, we can pass this. So like we have the freedom to be able to do that. Someone who is buying a ticket for one movie, they can't exactly like, eh, I'm not enjoying this as much. I'm just going to walk out and go to the screening instead. So like, that's something that you, not everyone who's going to be there is going to be able to do. True. Um, and we recognize that, which is why on some of them, I'm like, all right, even though I'm torn on which one I will do, this is what I recommend. Mm. But uh, but yeah. So that's our CFF schedule. Not taking into account food, not taking into account some of the perspective podcasting that hopefully, hopefully we're going to be able to make happen. Not taking into account just like meeting people and talking and uh Yeah. So there's going to be things that you miss. I'm sorry, but just going to go ahead and tell you your your precious little schedule that you've spent hours agonizing over, all of the trailers that you've watched, you're going to get there and you're going to miss it. Yep. There's something else like, ah, I missed that thing. Ah, bird. I'm going to somehow get there and miss the entire festival. That's what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be... <laughs> You're going to show up and then like all weird sci-fi movie-ish, like you're going to walk in and as soon as you open the door to walk into the Chattanooga Theater Center, you're going to be walking out of it. And it's like, how yes. did that even happen? <laughs> and it'll be Monday. Yep. 
and I'll be showing up with like all the CFC, this CFC, CFF swag, and you're like, this was awesome. Movies are the best. No, what's going to happen is we're going to enter into a Groundhog Day situation where once the festival ends, it's just going to start all over again. You realize that you're describing my utopia, right? <laughs> An eternity of watching movies. You, you do realize that, no spoilers, but the end of a certain John Carpenter movie is like yep. kind of like a beautiful ending and yep. not scary or traumatic at all. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty... I'm, I don't know, though. Like, is, isn't is there such a, such a thing as too much of a good thing? No, because uh, in my dream world, um, my wife is also going to get, like, sucked into that endless loop. So it's not like I'm leaving my family. It's my family then becomes a part of it. Gotcha. And then you guys are actually in the movie at a certain point in the movies become the movie one with the movie so you know it's not like i'm trying to abandon my family for movies i want them to be a part of it but what if they don't want to be a part of it that's where the that's where this like twilight zone s gets into (laughs) it's like you're actually just damning them to an eternity (laughs) and something they don't want to be a part of you you realize that you're describing my current life right now right And what, on that note, what if you're married to someone who doesn't want to watch movies 20 hours a day and discuss them for the other 20 hours <laughs> that are not possible because there's not that many hours in a day? <laughs> I don't know what that would look like. What if you're married to someone that doesn't like all the crazy, weird, obscure genre cult movies that you like and can watch with giddiness? Can't relate. Nope. <laughs> we love our wives so very dearly yes we do not sarcasm <laughs> that's just a truth uh all right all right we should probably we should probably wrap this up before we get ourselves into more trouble yeah i i can't think of anything else to say about the chat film fest other than like go there are so many things going on there are movies for every type of um of movie that you enjoy there are so many free events that even if you can't afford uh, tickets to some of the movies you can still be a part of that atmosphere there there are classes and workshops and horror movies and old school genre movies and exploitation films and if you have even like the tiniest appreciation for cinema not just movies but cinema go to the chat film fest you you have to be there and we'll see you there and we will definitely see you there find us eric's the tall skinny one i'm the short beardy one yep that also describes um kyle kukta and bill fulkerson that is true. Yes. <laughs> We're like the bizarro world version of them. I I feel like in a way that probably also describes Brian Salisbury and uh, C. Robert Cargill. Maybe a little bit. Uh, well. Except I feel like they're just both beardy and grumpy in the best ways possible. Yes. All right. That is true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Eric, where do you want people to find you? Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Chimerican, on Instagram at Chimerican Reviews, and on Letterboxd at Eric J A Y. And you can follow me on Instagram on and on Facebook at the Gargoyle Podcast, uh, on Twitter at Gargoyle Podcast, or on Letterboxd at the Gargoyle. And if you enjoyed this episode um, and you want to hear our thoughts about the movies after we see them, because that's going to be a thing that we do, talking about all of the CFF films, <laughs> which we uh, have not mentioned one single time, like. 
we're well, gonna be their podcast i mean like i guess we have mentioned that we're podcasting but like well like afterwards we're going to be reviewing all the films that we talk about so like you're not done with us talking about cff not for at least a few more weeks um, i think that we should go to cff and then after it's over be like yeah man cff was so awesome wasn't it all right let's move on to our next <laughs> Except we don't have a theme for April. We have a theme for anime. Yes. But we don't have our April theme, which is why CFF episodes. Chat yep. Film Fest is our theme for April. Um, as it was for March as well. No, there were. Yeah, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was all March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our CFF pre-coverage episodes, or if you want to hear our thoughts on the films that we see at Chat Film Fest, be sure to subscribe at uh, or on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Do, do a search for The Gargoyle Podcast. That's G-A-R-G-Y-L-E, because it is a gargoyle wearing an Argyle sweater. Um, and yeah, uh, I, we already talked about how... On occasion, you're going to hear us talk about Shudder a little bit more than usual, just because we're going to have some information about Shudder, and we love them, and they're great, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and also, reminder that the Gargoyle Podcast is sponsored by Chat, or not Chat Film Fest. <laughs> hey, Chris, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. We'll pick up some more sponsors. The Gargoyle Podcast is sponsored by Central Cinema and Knoxville Horror Film Fest. Knox Horror Fest is uh, opening, accepting applications for, or accepting submissions for films into their 2019 Knox Horror Fest. And Central Cinema, as always, has a great lineup of films. And uh, yeah, if you live anywhere near Knoxville, or if you're going to be traveling through Knoxville, then go support Central Cinema. It's like if the clubhouse from the Monster Squad was a movie theater. That is very true. Yes. Yeah. We, we love them. They're fantastic. We support them. They support us. You should go support them, too. All right. That's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And I'm Eric, a.k.a. the Chimerican. And remember, kids, um, respect cinema. I, I slurred through that because words are hard for me sometimes. <clears throat> respect cinema. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. C-I-N-E-M-A. Cinema. <laughs> we can spell uh no respect cinema because that's like that's the theme of chat film fest that's that's their hashtag yep. you know anytime that you do anything talking about chat film fest hashtag respect cinema and for god's sake put your phone away when the movie's playing yeah don't Ex- be that guy except when i went to see us there was a guy sitting next to me and he was on Facebook for half the time, and he was yelling at the screen, and it was kind of amazing. So that guy, <laughs> that guy, it's cool. You that can keep not. your phone out. No, he was no. like shopping for pants at one point while he was watching the movie. I want a movie about that guy. And he, I hate like, him. He kept, but I want a movie about that guy. He kept going like, like I'm not kidding. Like he was screaming. Like he was like, "Oh my god, what the hell's going on in this movie?" And I was like, "Maybe if you put your phone down, you'd know." <laughs> Did you say that to him? No. Oh, come on. But I should have. Uh, yeah, don't be that guy. So and funny. not just at film festivals. Like when you go to a theater, even if you're okay with the fact that you just dropped 12 bucks to go sit in a dark room for two hours and play on your phone and play the on entire your phone, yeah. <laughs> like even if you're cool with the fact that you're basically spending 12 bucks to be on Facebook, which, dumb, like maybe people around you aren't cool with it and your phone is a lot brighter than you think it is 
So he did not turn his brightness down. Yeah. Like even if you're fine with wasting your money on a movie being on your phone, don't ruin it for the people around you. Yep. Like if it's that important, get up and walk out and check your phone outside of the theater. Actually, you know what? Keep walking. Like keep walking, not just outside of the theater, walk outside of the building. (laughs) Just keep walking. And, um, yeah, just don't, don't ruin it for other people. Yes. And also go see us, Nathan. What? Go see us, Nathan, comma. I, I see comma us right Nathan. now. I see you. And like, I I can see part of me. I can see us. I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you anymore, Nathan. It's getting ridiculous. Also, I, I, this outro is still going on. I just feel like the episode wasn't silly enough. Wasn't silly enough? <laughs> that is the last thing that this episode is not. I mean, I don't know I, if that was grammatically correct, but I we all o- know that this episode, uh, this I show. I only talked about Crispin Glover holding my face like a Willard rat once. Now twice. Yeah. Crispin Glover, somehow, if you are listening to the Gargoyle podcast um, before you show up at the Chat Film Fest, I'm being serious. I, I want you holding my big beardy face and looking longingly at the same way that you did with the rats on the cover of Willard. Like, th- this somehow is turning into, like, a, a real dream of mine. Please. Yeah. Please. I, I want a picture of it. And if Crispin Glover unexpectedly cancels his appearance at the Chat Film Fest, you all know why. it's because he listened to the gargoyle podcast and said nope i feel like he would listen to this and say you know what that is such a great idea that like i'm gonna like get a a whole thing made to where like you can hide your body behind the screen and so it looks like i'm just holding your head i feel like he's gonna turn that into a thing at everywhere he goes from now on. Please, please, if you do, will you, like, just tag the gargoyle? G-A-R-G-Y-L-E, because it's gargoyle wearing an argyle sweater. Yep. Please. Please, Crispin. Please. Help us. You're our only hope. Wrong movie, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're our density. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. Now... <laughs> It is sufficiently silly for the Gargoyle podcast. Bye. And we've subjected Crispin Glover to enough torture. Nonsense. For now. He loves us. Until next week. End. <laughs> oh my God. We have to end this. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> it's done. We're done. <laughs>